Hey, we're back in the cold, snowy uh, place where it's harder to sweat after spending a week in Georgia. And I tell you what, man, when I when I did my workout number 499 down there, it was uh, I just forgot what that was like to live in Georgia and Florida. Uh, anyway, we're uh, about ready to crank up another broadcast edition of uh, the Robert Scott Bell Show. And uh, well, we got a great lineup. Landon Starbucks never been on the show, and she's got some important messages to share about what's gone on with these these trying to transition kids in the weirdest ways we've never heard of when we were growing up. Also, Ty Bollinger is back on to go outside the box with us here in the second hour of the broadcast. Y'all share the show, robertscottbell.com slash listen. Uh, the chat room is there live and happening. We'd love to see you there, hear from you, and uh, the best you can do, well, you do a lot of good bests, but share the show. We got empowering messages of health, freedom, and healing liberty, and I'll see if I remember how to speak too. Now that I'm back in studio. All right, Super Don, let's crank it up. The Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. The voice of health, freedom, and liberty. The Robert Scott Bell Show. I feel like I need some some warm up to get back into the the mix, you know, of of doing this show. Not that I didn't do this show when we were out of town, but being in studio is again different. And I'm bundled up again. It's chilly. I shoveled some snow this morning before going to workout number five hundred super D. And I think you left your tongue in Georgia. I think that's possible. Yeah, with all you know I, what I was. I, what did you say in the opening? I, I have no idea. Burger, I'm like. I'm going to be up good. I mean, it's great English. You know, you don't want to learn from me. Uh, but I think it was those uh, hot, spicy chicken wings. I went to our Thomas uh, Deluxe. Oh, yeah. Uh, those those were good-looking wings there. We used to go when, you know, we lived in Georgia and Atlanta. The family, it was an organic place. And Richard Thomas, who's no longer with us, was an institution in Atlanta with all the birds he had. It was amazing. And it was just like a trip down memory lane. The only problem, I didn't have any of my friends or family with me. It was just darting out on the way to the airport. And so uh, I think that might have spiciness got me, but it's a good thing. I, I enjoyed that thoroughly and uh, it was a great trip. And honestly, it was fun to hang out with mom. It was so great to see mom at 89 back at it. I, she's really come from, you know, down in the depths over the last two or three years, uh, getting out there, dancing, boogieing on the fl uh, dance floor at next steps with Tia and the, and the family and the gang. That was great. And uh, just seeing her continually improve considering, what she's been through, once again, it, it shows what is possible in healing at any age. You know, if you're still breathing, there's not only hope, but there's healing. And you can hope for healing, but you also got to do take some steps to do the things that work. And that's the kind of thing that we talk about here yeah, occasionally, maybe all the time. We fit it uh, in once in a while. There. We squeeze in a little bit of health and healing here on the Robert Scott Bell Show from time to time. Uh, I did you know, my fifth, 500th workout, apparently, at the gym that I go to. They track it, and um, it, it was a lot of fun. Um, Rachel, who owns the gym, was going to bring me balloons. I said, I don't want balloons. I want organic pie. <laughs> I've, I burn up enough calories. Bring me some more calories. And uh, she said, she, she was like, I don't, I, I, I challenged her, are you not a baker? She's like, I don't know. She's like, yes, I'm a good baker. 
I, I was teasing because I, I, I think m- must be, do I guilt trip people like Tia Severino? She made me a birthday cake, cake last week. And I said, honestly, don't do it because you're, you're too busy putting on the conference. And then they, they do it anyway. It, it, am I like secretly putting guilt trips on? I don't think I am. I don't think so. No. They're very nice to do, a, <laughs> do that. And there's my honey bringing me the tea. Thank you, honey. Good to be home. I think. Yes, it is. <laughs> there she goes. Uh, so it's, it's, it is, it's good to be back in studio. I've just got to acclimate again to the dry, cold and and snowy weather and thinking about what I was experiencing and be able to sweat like crazy without a far infrared sauna, like I have behind me. Uh, now it's going to be another couple of months before I get to do that outdoors here. <laughs> yeah. And you had single, what double digits barely today, this morning, 11 degrees. It was like 10, I think is what it said on the phone, on my phone this morning. Wow. When I first got up, yeah. Yeah, we got some snow. You know, it was a lot of powder. It's not too bad, but um, I think we're supposed to be like 36 today, a high of 36. Yeah. All right. So, well, you and your short sleeves. At least you got an undershirt on. Uh, I do, yeah. I the window's back. shut. <laughs> well, you know, I want to tell this quick story, just so quick. It's just these things that happen to me that remind me of the way life used to be. Uh, and this is a personal story about the way life used to be for me. As I was on the plane uh, from Atlanta, we connected through Denver uh, last night. And uh, an elderly couple, I say elderly, I think they're older than me, but you never know nowadays since I'm so old. <laughs> they, they, <laughs> they, they sat down next to me early on in the boarding process. You know, if you're on Southwest, you can go wherever you want. And it was going to be a full flight. I think it was the first leg because the second leg wasn't, wasn't. And they sat next to me and they both looked at me and said, you're skinny, so we want to sit next to you. Apparently, like, they've been bulged yeah. out. You know, if you sit next to somebody that's morbidly obese, mm-hmm. I mean, I feel for those, but it's harder to sit, obviously, in those chairs, those seats. And throughout the entire flight, the man was sitting in the middle next to me. He was doing... Oh, you hear that sound? Oh, that no. Kind of thing? Now, yeah. what, what it was for me in that moment or during the flight, it wasn't annoying to me per se. I was, I was feeling for the man because it reminded me that that was my entire young life from childhood to young adulthood. Before I switched my diet, went organic, began to detoxify my liver, all the things that, so you guys and gals have been with me for years. You know, the journey I was on for healing. And it just reminded me, it's like, holy crap, that was me. Can you imagine if I was doing radio and all the constantly sniffing? Yeah. my sinuses were always congested. I didn't have a cold. It were it was chronic allergies and irritations and like my gosh, I heard that sound and it just reminded me of my young much of the first 24 years of my life before I broke through and, and got to the other side. And you know, you know, at 57 I talk about bragging about my my uh workout exploits, not to impress you perhaps other than to impress you that at any age you can heal too. You can do things you couldn't do when you were younger. uh, If you step-by-step do the things that facilitate the body's recovery. And and so it just was a a really gentle and powerful reminder of like, my God, why, you know, when people ask me, Superdy, why do you eat organic only or fast instead of eating regular food when you can't find organic? It's like, Mm -hmm. because of that. Right. Because those those things that I suffered with are very real and, and and not happy memories to me other than what I believe they did in terms of motivating me to get well and then realize I need to stay well. I don't want to slide back and have that experience again. Right. Some people would rather just take a medication and be done with it. But I 
realized that that was going to be a dead end of cancer for me if I continued down that journey from sickness from childhood to, to adulthood. Uh, so I, I, I just share that as a reminder of when people ask me, how come you, you, you don't stray from your diet? It's because I've been too sick as a young person to ever want to go back there. And I know the causal relationship, even if, even if I could get away with it temporarily, it's like, why do I want to feel rotten after eating? For me, it's just pragmatic and practical. And I'll just say one more thing about this that'll upset some of you. If you can eat at the fast food restaurant and not at least get diarrhea, not well. <laughs> Something's yeah. wrong there. Yeah. Huh? Your body is not responding appropriately to toxic food. And uh, if you're like supersize me and you vomited out, then, then I'll tell you you're really on the path to health. Uh, you shouldn't be able to tolerate the garbage that comes in, but it's an adaptation for survival when it's all you give your body. And I learned that um, in childhood before I knew any of this stuff because I was put on baby formula in the 1960s when the doctor said, you know what, breast milk, yeah, that was all right back then, but now we got this powdered stuff. It's way better. Just add mm -hmm. water, you know, and the moms listened to the pediatricians because the pediatricians were lobbied into believing that nonsense that God somehow made a mistake with breast milk. But that's the kind of stupid stuff that we do as humans. And I projectile vomited out like the smart baby I was until I would have perished in childhood and I had to adapt for survival. And then I went into chronicity and I didn't vomit it out anymore. And I found whatever nutrition was to survive, but it set me on a road to chronic disease, which is the, the, I guess the standard for most American kids, Western kids, of course, the vaccine schedule, the additives, preservatives, colorings, flavorings, pesticide, herbicides, fungicides, heavy metals, plasticizers, GMOs, you name it, glyphosate. These are the things we got to counteract. Now, this may be a contributing factor to some of the uh, uh, what we call gender dysphoria, things we might talk about with Landon Starbuck today in the first hour in a few minutes. Uh, but there's also the other aspect of Superdon. What we, when we grew up, we didn't have this, you know, adults weren't grooming kids, to my knowledge anyway, to change genders or to tell boys they were really girls or girls they were really boys. No. That was just not part of our upbringing. Maybe it happened, but it's certainly not like what's going on today. So we'll check with Landon. Apparently, there's some good news out of Tennessee where she's from, and we'll uh, we'll learn about that from her. First up, though, real quick on the parental side and and, and Super Don, the grandparental side, because he's a grandparent a number of times over. Um, Moms Across America has a, a nice article uh, by Rivka Seaman, and uh, it says, Empower Parents with the Parental Rights Amendment. Now, the Ninth Amendment should have been enough but there is apparently a parental rights amendment being introduced in Congress that you can support uh, because there's so much that's moving against uh, the rights of parents to, you know, for autonomy over for their kids so that the, the state doesn't claim ownership over them and, and, you know, limit their freedom based on, you know, whatever belief, whoever's in charge of the government has. And it's usually not a, a godly belief when it comes to government. Not that I want a uh, theocracy. That's not it. I have freedom of freedom of religion here and the freedom to, to be religious and not be encumbered by, uh, you know, governmental mandates or prohibitions on your belief system. But politicians beginning to take action on a lot of these corruptions or, or encroachments on parental rights. This is the parental rights amendment. The proposed parental rights amendment will specifically add parental rights in the text of the U.S. Constitution, protecting those rights for those uh, both current and future generations. And it has different sections you can read up on. Now, um, as much as I would be a fan of, yeah, if you can get this done, good good luck getting a, an, an amendment. You know how hard it is to do that. It hasn't happened in a long time. But I, I, I must bring this up for those of you who believe 
that you are created a, of God and your babies or children are created in God's image, however that you perceive that to be, you don't realize because you just did what everybody else did in the 20th century forward. When you asked for permission to get married from the state, you went to the, you went to get a marriage license from the state. I'm like, you know, I figured this stuff out before I got married. It's like, why would I want to invite the state into my holy matrimony between my wife and me and God? And so we didn't, we filed a, a covenant of celestial marriage. We put it on the record if anybody had any issues with it, but, um, why do we think it's a good idea to invite the state into our marriages? And then further on recognizing the, you know, the, the, um, the contracts of adhesion that you sign, like a marriage license, there are clauses associated with making the fruits of the marriage, you know, wards of the state at the, at the pleasure of the state. Should you uh, raise your child in a way that the state doesn't approve, right? If you have religious beliefs that go against hashtag wokeness of any kind, then they say, well, we need to take your child from you because, you know, you're, you're teaching them that they're going to be bigoted and racist or whatever they'd, they'd call it. And if you think that's an exaggeration, look at what the state's doing in government indoctrination centers by teaching children to be racist through uh, critical race theory or whatever name they call it now. And so the next phase of understanding the way you invite the vampire in, remember, you know, the whole the whole mythology behind vampires is they can't enter your home unless you invite them in. There's some uh, actual spiritual law behind that concept. That is, we invite evil into our lives but it's it's sold to us as not evil it's sold to us as it's just what you do everybody's doing it and of course you have to do it you have to get a marriage license it's like why do people of faith invite government into their marriage oh well we want to make it sure it's legitimate really it's not enough to declare between you and your spouse and god and or you know your religious institution church synagogue mosque temple whatever I know I'm annoying some people right now. Others are cheering going, yeah, I wish I'd have known that too, Robert. Or some of you may have said, you know what? I figured that out too. We didn't get, we didn't get a license. And then of course, the next step when you're birthing a baby in a hospital as if it's a disease, they stamp that baby's foot instead of stepping on the ground, the earth, they are now made vessels of the state by a birth certificate. Like you're, you know, you're christening a ship with the bottle and it's an admiralty. And then again, the state claims that child for their own, even though they let you kind of have it to, for 18 years, unless, you know, they say something and believe you're doing something that they don't like. And, and I'm not talking about genuine abuse. I think the abuse that's happening is primarily in school systems, but there's more. and We'll talk about that. And then beyond that, numbering your children like cattle with uh, beastly numbers, like social security numbers. It's like, wait a second. When, when did we stop relying on God and, and family and community to care for one another in our elder years and said, no, 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 it's the role of the government to do that because of the artificial induction of uh, what? After the crash of 1929, the Great Depression and the great society that started, you know, whether it was Lyndon Baines Johnson, but, you know, we're talking about uh, before that, Roosevelt, FDR. Yeah, ushering socialism through the progressive era so that we would turn away from our faith and trust in the Almighty and turn it into the faith and trust in the other G that's not godly, government. Our founders warned us against that, yet it's become a custom to just, yeah, you get a marriage license, your kids get birth certificates, you give them social security numbers. Well, my kids don't have either of those things. 
This is not me bragging. It's me recognizing that there's something wrong with that system. And just because everybody's doing it, I don't do it. Your mom and grandma probably told you, don't do it just because everyone else does it. Don't jump off the cliff because little Johnny does. It's not going to end well. Everybody's getting vaccines. You should do it too. Really? How many of you have woken up and realized that in your life you've followed the herd one or 10 or a thousand too many times. And now because of COVID and all the things that happened, the forceful uh, mandates or restrictions and prohibitions that you realize, oh, that's what mom and grandma were talking about, huh? Maybe they didn't realize it, but that is, a, is a, a, applicable to where we are today as a culture and a society. So I, I don't believe technically we need this parental rights amendment. I'm not opposed to it, but if we would just exert our authority under God, and recognize that we have rights that come from God, not government, we wouldn't need an amendment. We'd simply restrict those in government and bind them down with the change of the Constitution and not let them wiggle out of it because it's convenient. Yeah, well, it's a lot more convenient to have a Social Security number. Sure it is. You can you can access banks. You can it on and on it goes. But is that the price you're willing to pay? And maybe it is. Or maybe you've never considered it. But that's why you tune into the Robert Scott Bell Show, or that's why you've just tuned out, <laughs> whatever, whatever may be the case. So right now, let's bring in somebody who's got a lot of extraordinary um, insights, uh, what she's been through. We're going to learn a lot about her first time on the Robert Scott Bell Show and uh, the website forever, freedomforever.us. And we have an article uh, that she's written as well about moms of trans kids. We'll talk to her about that as well. Landon Starbuck. Welcome to the Robert Scott Bell Show, Landon. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, I'm grateful to have you on. You're also doing extraordinary work and important work based on what I've tried to set the stage for in an initial way, how far we've, let's say, removed ourselves from, I believe, being governed by God as opposed to government and all that they've restricted us or forced us to do. And now are defending just some bizarre stuff, including transitioning children, mutilating them. You know, I'll leave it to you to describe what you discovered and why and how this happened to be a mission and a passion for you to address. Sure. Well, I started my nonprofit, freedomforever.us, uh, to address the you know gaps in the system of child exploitation uh, care because a lot of these organizations that are very well funded by our government. Um, don't want to comment. They don't want to talk about the medical exploitation of children. They don't want to talk about this entire illegitimate system around gender theory. It's crackpot science, um, and it is harming children. It is sterilizing them. They're chemically castrating children. There's lifelong debilitating side effects from these off-label drugs, um, and it's so it's such a, a contradiction to everything we just went through with COVID. Uh, and, and certain drugs, you know, they were demonized for being off labely you know, used. And here we have these off-label drugs with no long-term safety studies being experimented with on children. And this is a lifelong sentence for kids. They will never unhook that chain to Big Pharma the rest of their lives once they start that gender journey. And this starts with the ideological uh, manipulation, indoctrination in the school systems. Um, and so what, one of the reasons we stepped into this place is because we combat all forms of child exploitation, not just trafficking and other forms of sexual exploitation, but the fact that this is a medical form of exploitation that so many people don't want to address or even say it what it is. Yeah. Well, and, and it's not something that's easy to have to even 
research. I mean, it's, it's just stomach churning to witness what's happening. It's hard for us to cover it once in a while for you to immerse yourself in it for all the right reasons and to defend these children and hopefully wake up a lot of parents to what's really happening. Uh, I guess the question is how do you maintain your sanity and not go off the deep end too? Because when we cover things like medical kidnapping of children over many years, it was just, it was almost too much. It is. It's heavy work. Um, But I believe that, you know, the experiences I've had in my life leading up to this point trained me to be able to emotionally uh, engage uh, in ways that I can still have my humanity, but also protect uh, my, my happiness and my sanity. So um, my faith is what really guides me through this. And I know when I need to step away and I know when I need to fight harder, uh, Mm -hmm. but I just rely on, on the Lord to guide me each day with how I respond to things, with what I prioritize and how I fight. Uh, So I wouldn't be able to do it without my faith in Jesus Christ. Well, and that is it. It's, it comes back to that. And so, um, you know, a message that's not uniquely mine or yours. It's a message that is universal, uh, that when we see all of these things that are just, I don't know another way to describe it, but ungodly, uh, coming back to faith and following, you know, the, the guidelines, much less the direct, uh, I believe, uh, whether it be revelation or guidance that we get every moment of every day by practicing that presence to help us rise above it. Yet, um, as long as we're here, we're in it. And I feel like it's an important part of our journey to help those that are ready to be helped. And many people don't know they need to be helped. I don't mean to beat people over the head with things they're unaware of, but it's, it's even though it can be called impolite sometimes to point things out, it could be a life-saving message that you can deliver to someone who's completely unaware of what's happening. And, you know, for instance, the school system, a lot of this we discovered because of uh, the COVID lockdowns and people were, the kids, the parents, you know, were at home, seeing the zoom lessons. And that's where a lot of people discovered, Oh my God, they had no idea. They turned their kids over and heard rumors, maybe at most. And now they saw for the first time how disgusting it was and, and began to rise up. Absolutely. And one of the things that I've noticed is the partnering with the lies. I mean, the, when we talk about the indoctrination that leads to this gender journey where children are mutilated and, and, exploited at the end of that is the partnering with the lies, the whole pronoun thing. You know, so many people say, well, you know, I'm a Christian. I don't want to offend anyone. I don't want to ruffle feathers. But when we partner with lies, we're partnering with a, uh, an enemy that seeks to destroy these children's lives. And that's the least compassionate thing we could do. Um, so I, I have a hard time sometimes when, when I'm trying to relay that message that you know, you can show compassion for people who are suffering from gender dysphoria. Uh, my heart goes out to, to the millions of kids across America who are questioning their gender because of ideas they're being told. They're being sent this message that there's something wrong with them if they feel like they don't fit in, which is a feeling we've all felt growing up at some point because we're not supposed to fit into a broken world. We're here to change it. But instead, children are told it might be because you're, it, you're born in the wrong body. Something's inherently wrong with you physically. And that it can't be remedied spiritually. It can't be remedied with, you know, character and and finding out your purpose uh, and who you are. It's about superficial characteristics. And so they are, you know, socially engineering. And it's a weapon what they're doing to children. They're destabilizing their identities, rendering them more vulnerable to all types of exploitation, not just the medical exploitation. So it's really important that we examine where we, we engage these lies to begin with, how we're complicit, even if it's unconscious. Well, and part of that complicitness is inadvertent and in ignorance. And I mean this in terms of a physiological impact on, let's say, gender confusion. 
the utilization of uh, these vaccines, many of which have come through aborted fetal cell lines, you know, gender specific, we don't know, could that be altering things? How about the exposure to xenoestrogens from pesticides and plasticizers and, you know, all of the advancements of the 20th century that was seemingly so marvelous, yet without consciousness, without fully, you know, I would say even praying on it, uh, say, hey, just because we can do this, would it really be a good idea to do this? Could that be playing a role there? And yet I see people of faith all of the time, you know, whether they be in their houses of worship and or on the weekends partying down afterwards with the most horrendous, horrific food that is not fit, in my opinion, for human consumption. But it's like, well, it's our way to fellowship. I'm like, whatever happened to caring for the body like it's a temple, a gift from God? Uh, am I being outrageously, uh, uh, what we say, um, uh, am I asking too much when I bring this up, Landon? I don't think so. And I think as long as it's done, um, you know, in the spirit of love, uh, I think that's how we connect with other people because the goal here is to compassionately show that love. Like I care enough about you to, to, I want to provide good, healthy food. I don't want to see you sick. Um, and it's the same idea with gender ideology or any of this indoctrination is that this is a poison and it's harming the, you know, the body, it's harming the body of Christ, it's harming people that we care about. Um, so I think that if we, you know, educate on that in a form in a way that shows alternatives, um, I think that that is, that is the most compassionate thing we could do. Yeah. Well, and, and this isn't about beating people up for making choices that I had no idea I was making even, you know, I always try to remember right. when I didn't know. And then, and then it's like, I must have compassion for the people that don't know. But the question is, what do you do once you know? Are you asked to do better when you know better? Or is it just, like I said, what's well, too inconvenient to talk about some of these things, much less the, the things that I mentioned um, that call into question just the stuff that was done automatically and is done automatically for most of us in our culture and how that impacts some of the things we're discussing here. Uh, it's just my nature was to uncover or pull the thread wherever it led me. And it led me to a lot of places. I, you know, in one sense, I'd say, oh, I wish I didn't know, but that's not me. I'm glad I know even though it made doing certain things unconsciously impossible for me, unless I was on heavy medication, which I, you know, issued the medications of my past in terms of growing up pharmaceutically. Uh, so are we in that time frame where more people are finally ready to hear and see these things because of the difficulty, because of what has become obvious that was kind of simmering below the surface before COVID? I think so. And I think it's a beautiful time to be alive as hard as it is, but we're, we're deconstructing a lot of this old paradigm uh, and waking up to reality. And, and it, it sometimes people have to go bit by bit because it's so overwhelming. It's, it's really overwhelming to think that your government doesn't have your best interest, that they, that they have been weaponized. I mean, what's happened in St. Louis, that they have poisoned our people, that they have uh, poisoned our food, that, you know, there's, it's a lot to understand what's the social engineering, the indoctrination, the sexualization of children it's overwhelming for people. Um, and so that's, I try to have compassion and understand that, you know, not everyone is at where we might be at and trying to meet them where they're at and, and speak truth into them with love and help them, you know, plant those seeds. Cause sometimes we're called to just plant the seed. And sometimes we're the one who comes in and waters it. And sometimes we're the one that says, all right, are you ready to change? Are you ready to get out of here? Um, yeah. And so I think that everybody's at a different place in that journey. And, it, and our responsibility isn't to be God and change their hearts. It's to provide that foundation, that education, uh, that, that option to choose a different route. 
Uh, and so I think that's our role. And as long as we do that really well and we live by example, I think that's the most powerful thing we could do. You get it. You said it. I mean, that to me, the most efficient and effective means by which we can make transformational change that is empowering, uplifting is to be the living example. And, and it doesn't Absolutely. mean you can't speak out and talk to people, but a lot of times people are, you know, I've heard that before. People say that all the time. It's like, that doesn't necessarily land. And if you're concerned about landing the message, live, live that what you would preach and talk. And that has an impact far outlasting the moment that you've, you know, engaged intellectually even. And I don't, I'm not opposed to engaging intellectually. I like an intellectual discussion and debate and all of that. Uh, but the ultimate is people will watch you, observe you, and see, are you living what you're saying? Or are you, you know, another hypocrite? Because there's plenty of that going on around. Uh, and, right. uh, you know, I see it in medicine when you see a morbidly obese, chronically old doctor, you know, saying, come to me, I can help you get well. It's just like people go, oh, that doesn't work anymore. Right. Absolutely. Or just going to a doctor and all they do is prescribe drugs. I mean, there's kind of a conflict there, right? Or do they, yeah. do they want to get healthy? Do they want to ask you about your diet? Do they want to ask you about your health? You know, it, it's, there's a lot of uh, contradictions. And the more that we become awake to this, the more we notice it. Um, and, and I think that's part of this journey because, you know, I, I've grown so much from 10 years ago. Um, you know, I put my kids in a school, a private school, thinking that it was, you know, when they said that we want to raise global citizens, I thought that meant like that we could all, you know, appreciate our different cultures and have a potluck and share in our different, you know, uh, cuisine. I didn't know that meant training up left wing global activists. And mm -hmm. as soon as I started uncovering that, you know, I, I did better. I pulled my kids, but it was a really hard journey that there's gaslighting that happens. There's people that you lose, loved ones that you lose, friends that you lose. So everyone's at a different place on this journey. Um, and it, it's, you know, I just try to be that, that consistent voice of reason and, and, and truth, no matter what, even when it's hard, even when people hate me for it. Uh, and even when I have to assert myself in a way that uh, many would say, isn't, you know, their idea of what, you know, loving, uh, you know, I guess, way of saying things. Sometimes there's, there's a time to flip the table. Sometimes figuratively, there's a time yeah. to say, no, we draw the line here. We're not going to negotiate about child sexualization. We're not going to negotiate about these certain things. These are hard moral lines. Mm -hmm. um, but the moral relativism wants to engage in debate about certain hard lines in society. And, and that's why we're here because then we really question, well, why is a, an adult drag show wrong? You know, and then, and it's the same thing with any concept, with food, with vaccines. Well, some of them might work. Maybe, you know, it's, it's these negotiations that then ensue. Um, and it's the real danger is that, that moral relativism that is the son of authoritarian, you know, right. fathership, you know? Listen, if, you know, if an adult wants to go see an adult drag show, you know, that's their prerogative as an adult. But right. we're, we're talking here about exposing children to things that are very confusing in an, in an era of the so-called artificially induced gender confusion that uh, goes beyond anything that might be considered something that you could point to historically and say, well, this happened and this happened. Something quite different. We're talking with Landon Starbuck, her website, freedomforever.us. And there's an article that uh, Super Don added uh, at humanevents.com on um, the moms of trans kids, the modern day Munch, uh, Munchausen by proxy. Transparents brag about transitioning their kids. We should talk about that as well. And and also, um, you said there was some good news out of Tennessee as far as legislation that has happened. Maybe other states could take this up. Absolutely. So we just have two bills that um, recently passed. We're just waiting for the governor here in Tennessee to sign them. 
but one would ban uh, all the child gender mutilation surgeries and uh, puberty blockers and hormones in our state so that children can no longer be experimented on, sterilized, and chemically castrated. Um, that is one bill. And then the other one is to ban uh, the adult sexually explicit shows. So it doesn't matter if it's a drag show or if it's any adult entertainer that's spreading their legs in front of children and doing other sexually explicit things, that that is not something we're going to subject children to in our state of Tennessee. So these are two bills that um, we had a very big role in my husband and I that we uh, fight as activists uh, to protect children here. Um, but as far as Freedom Forever, you know, we, we do investigative journalism piece, we do activism in different capacities. And that article I just wrote was exposing the largest online group of mothers of so-called trans children. And it's highlighting the sickness that's very pervasive um, in this culture of moms who want to transition their children. They get a sense of um, belonging and community. It's almost a religion. And this is over 36,000 moms that we've had to come through these forums. At. And what we found was something you have to see to believe um, in this article. And the full expo expose is on our website, freedomforever.us. Well, and, and the message here is not to stop loving your children if they have these difficulties or they've been induced, but to love them even more. And, and that's mm -hmm. you know where the healing takes place, no matter what the, uh, the outcome. Love is something right. we are promoting. Not, uh, you know, the, the thing is, those that have this agenda will tell the world if they can get away with it, that what you're talking about or I'm talking, oh, you you hate people that have different ideas and views. No, that's the furthest thing from the truth. That's a twisting of the truth. But um, very often those that engage in watching so-called legacy or mainstream media, uh, they're not engaging critically on these things and they just believe what they're told. Uh, we may not be able to reach those people, but the bottom right. line. Or is it's like, no, 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 we are embracing uh, these children who have been struggling and artificially a lot of it induced, whether it be physiologically brought about by some of the, you know, drugs and, and, and foods and things I've talked about for many years, including the vaccines and or psychological warfare and emotional warfare on them when they're being groomed in this way and instigate, you know, a, a girl who was a tomboy was a girl who was a tomboy. It didn't mean you I wanted know. to be a boy. Uh, I mean, it was a normal right. thing. Kids like that, but no one ever said, oh, well, you, you probably really want to be a boy. That was not a thing. Right. Because it's not a thing. That's, that's, that's the science here. There is, there is no science to back up this phenomenon of you can't change your sex. You, you, it just cannot happen. I mean, this is a fact. So, and the whole gender identity thing is just moral relativism packaged under, under gender theory, which is really rooted in a lot of um, pedophilia. These, these scientists, these researchers that promoted um, this idea that you're sexual from birth. And so that's why we have the radical sex ed we do in schools. It's pleasure-based and not prevention-based. Um, it's, it's why the ideological framework is pushing this, you know, sort of neo-Marxist agenda to to destabilize children's identity so that there's no more child innocence. Mm -hmm. And if there's no more childhood innocence to preserve, then there's no nuclear family. And that and that's how you, you know these connections are made. When a child is dysphoric, they need therapy. But now in some states, if a parent doesn't give them gender affirmative care, so-called gender affirmative care, where mm -hmm. a therapist affirms that delusion or identity and lets the child dictate care and use suicide as emotional blackmail, then that child can be removed from the mm -hmm. parent and become yeah. you know, a ward of the state. Mm -hmm. and, and that is extremely dangerous. Uh, parents even talk about parental rights. We're being coerced and forced into these situations where in some states only gender affirmative care is available. You can't even have a therapist or find one 
that will just affirm your child and said, Hey, nothing's wrong with you. You might be experiencing these feelings, but you are born perfect as you are. You know, you do not need to have plastic surgery to love yourself, to feel better. Let's dig into the root of this. Was there sexual trauma? What is the background here? You know, to really examine why this child is feeling that way. Well, and Landon, this is why I went back to the beginning in my journey to recognize that even asking permission of the state to get married invites disaster because you've invited them in. You've granted them like a vampire entrance into your home. And inevitably they're going to use that if at the moment that they decide. And uh, I'm not saying they wouldn't try to do it in other cases, but you want to make it as difficult as possible for anybody to take your children from you based on this. And um, you have these issues, emotional um, um we said it's it's normal to be a kid and wonder about your own identity just in the world. How do I fit in? That's just a normal part of being an adolescent, for goodness sake. And then they they right. they prey on that a normal part of emotional upbringing or or, or growth, if you will. And uh, it, it's astonishing that we say, well, that that should absolutely lead to you know a transformation of your body and a butchering of your body as a child. And then a lifelong dependence on carcinogenic drugs, drugs that will give these kids cancer someday in their life. Uh, This is not a life to leave. Even if you have a, whatever might be defined as a genuine discomfort in the body that you're in to butcher your body and go on drugs to to end up dying of cancer. uh, They're not at all counseling these kids on that much less, even as adults, very little. And as an adult, again, I, I step back and go, look, if you're an adult, and you want to make that decision, that's a different story than what we're talking about here in terms of targeting right. children before their adulthood. Mm-hmm. That's just a, a non-starter. As you said, this is not a compromise issue. Right. Absolutely. It's it's not. And, and you know, when we're talking about 12-year-old healthy breasts of girls being removed, double mastectomies at children's pediatric hospitals like Kaiser Permanente and Boston Children's Hospital, and you have the experts endorsing this saying that that will relieve their gender dysphoria and save lives i mean i can't think of a a a more dystopic version of medicine i mean to 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 report that especially with no scientific evidence i mean obviously we know they can buy the science but they don't even didn't even try they don't even try to really substantiate these false claims and and meanwhile children are being maimed and injured and and these are irreversible even just the effects of the puberty blockers or the 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 testosterone post tanner stage two you know most of these boys can't even orgasm for the rest of their life and and they're left with a micro penis yeah you can never know that's what we're talking about here yeah you can never get your childhood back much less the things that would be normal in development during childhood to adolescence to adulthood when they corrupt it it's just a a stunningly disgusting evil yes i said that uh attempt at destroying kids before they even have an opportunity to have a you know whatever life they're here to lead what is their mission what is their passion they don't even get to discover it because these sick twisted adults if i can call them that are uh doing their worst uh to these kids and there's it's not compassion to say oh you have some issues let's see let's usher you into a medical butchery scenario and permanent drug like uh state that is not compassion folks um, right. gosh, this is a, you know, it's a tough subject, but I'm glad we're talking about it and I'm glad you're doing Landon, all the work you're doing, um, freedom forever.us. Can people help you out through that organization or is it just to support you in other ways? What, what what's the best thing to tell um, uh, my audience here? Yes. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So Freedom Forever is a volunteer run nonprofit. It's not just me. It's other incredible people. None of us take a salary. We are not making money from this. We bring 
experts from all different areas to combat child exploitation, to utilize their unique skill sets. So we have researchers, we have writers, we have investigative journalists, we have lawyers. So however we can combat um, this issue of child sexualization and exploitation in all forms, that is what we work to do every single day. Mm -hmm. All right, folks, um, there's a lot more to do, a lot more to talk about than we can ever cover uh, in one show with Landon Starbuck, but she's doing extraordinary work. And are you going to be speaking at any events coming up? I know that I'm going to be back in the Nashville area toward the end of April for uh, the uh, Wellness Parenting Revolution and other things that uh, Terry and Stu Warner are putting on, um, Nurse Freedom Network, et cetera, all aligned in, in what you're doing as well. So to connect there would be great. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I regularly speak and I do a lot of media hits um, to educate and inform the public of what's truly happening and to hopefully give parents the informed consent that they need to protect their children. So thank you so much for having me on your program um, and hope to see you in Nashville sometime soon. And I, and I just have to say, Super Don and I were talking about it, Landon Starbuck. That's like got to be the coolest name ever. <laughs> well, thank, I have to thank my husband. So yeah, that's what happened. I married him. I got his last name. Awesome. <laughs> Awesome. Well, shout out to your husband as well. And I appreciate you. You're welcome here anytime. There's a urgent message to get out. We continue to cover this along with many other health and healing topics. And this is as important as any physiological health issue, because it does play into that as well as the spiritual health of each and every child, giving them an opportunity to develop uh, fully without that deception and coercion that is all too often occurring. And now in a way that again, again, in my lifetime and Superdome, we're about the same age, you know, we're looking around going, this is this is the weirdest thing ever uh, that this is happening. And the good thing about the COVID is that many of us discovered it, right? What was happening in the educational system, indoctrination system that we only heard rumors about. Suddenly more people became aware. So thank you for doing what you're doing. Thank you so much for what you do. I appreciate you. All right. Landon Starbuck on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Thank you, Landon. And check out her website and her article. We have it linked up here at the Robert Scott Bell Show. Melissa says, great guest, Robert. I love following her. Well, Melissa, thank you. I'm glad you're connected. Leslie, what a wonderful guest. Yes, yes, she is. She's extraordinary, and uh, she must have an awesome husband. Not only because the last name is cool, but to support her doing this, that's amazing. Really great. So, Super D, again, we hear these things, and you know, we talk about them occasionally, but to delve into it, uh, it's hard to maintain that. Not because we really want to, but it, it is an issue. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on out there that's very uncomfortable to talk about, but it's important. You know, otherwise, if we don't talk about it, nobody knows about it, and it just it's it's yeah. in control. You know, and, I mean, and, you know, oh, man, the institutionalization <laughs> of it, though. That's the, there are bizarre people, and always have been, and always will be that that grow up and not be sick and twisted in some way. That's part of the human experience, apparently, throughout history. I'm not saying that we yeah. can change that legislation but they are through legislation or executive order and fiat the government is, is is are doing things that i mean they're institutionalizing this if if we let them get away with it once again we talk about the evils of government they're trying to normalize it you know i mean that's that's we've seen that sort of thing go on even from when we were kids uh you know certain things where our parents were going why what are you i can't believe that you know this is going on you know this is okay and you know Society has a tendency to uh, try and normalize things, and they do to a certain extent. But, you know, in this case, uh, I mean, this is Free, not, you know, nothing. Freedom, freedom is not the freedom to mutilate children. Yeah, exactly. That exactly. is just, uh, you, you know, you want to you want to do weird stuff on your own and stuff. Yeah. So it, and it doesn't affect anybody else and you're not making choices for other people. 
you know, or kids or something, like whatever, you know, and, I mean, and then been... <laughs> to get government involved, then to, to take children away because the parents are not supportive. Oh yeah. Yeah. Or, or, or for, for some countries, uh, Canada is one of them where, you know, they, they, they pass these laws where, you know, you can go to jail for misgendering somebody. It's like, are is you kidding a, me? Is that a warning <laughs> for everybody else in the United States of America? If you, if you are the way Canada, even though they're nice, as I said, Canada you can get sued. You can get sued if you misgender somebody. You know, it's just like, what do you? Stephen says in the chat room that there's gender reassignment surgery for pets. What? What? How does Wait, who, who said that? What? No, who said that? In the chat room. And, and oh, look at that. That out. Apparently, that's gender reassignment surgery for pets. Like now, you know. Oh come on! It's bad enough to mutilize children. Now you want to mutilize? Look, mutilize. All right, I got. Do we have a question of the day? <laughs> All right, I got. Yeah, I'm gonna have to look into that one. I've yeah, never well, heard of again, that before. Landon, thank you for being on board today. I gr I'm so greatly appreciative of all that you're doing. Again, uh, being a, a voice of reason, much less a voice of, of uh, uh, I would call it spiritual sanity. To be inspira inspirational to people, not to beat them over the head with what obviously they should be beating themselves up over for doing it. But let's let that. Go and, yeah. and, and move on. We have a question right. coming through. How about a question of the day? Okay, this is from Dan. Hey, Robert and Super Don. I'm wondering of any natural supplements for tinnitus or tinnitus, depending on who you are and how you say it. I have the constant ringing and looking for a way to at least make uh, it quieter. Any help will be truly appreciated. God's blessings, Dan. All right. This is a question we get from time to time, Super D. And, yeah. you know, I, I'll explain one thing about my, for instance, my wife has always had, as she remembers, as far back as whatever, uh, the, the ringing, the tinnitus. And, and for her, she's never resolved it. It's not, thankfully, uh, to the insane level that caused suicide. Uh, and some people are, like in the trigeminal neuralgia, et cetera. Our friend Liam Sheff, after dental work, had such pain, discomfort, and tinnitus, he could never get away from it. You couldn't sleep it off. And so, uh, it's a very real thing. Uh, I remember, you know, in a mild sense, when we used to watch cathode ray tube TVs, again, showing our age, super D remember the, the TVs that when you turned them off, they would go into <laughs> a little blinking light and you could still yes. hear that high pitch. Sound. And you know, actually they, even with the newer TVs, I, for some period, I don't know, it hasn't been a while since I've heard it, but the, even the newer TVs, it still gave off a, a with this weird frequency sound that I used to be able to hear. Uh, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. You've got like dog ears though to hear that. Yeah. Or I used to anyway. Well, and, and there's a lot, everything in between is what I'm saying. It's not a one size fits mm -hmm. all for tonight. It's like even the cause and the cure, so to speak, if you could find it. Uh, yes, there are homeopathic remedies. I'll name two or three briefly, but uh, I'll also say, you know, for some chiropractic adjustment or osteopathic adjustment, vertebral adjustment along the uh, cervical vertebrae from atlas down could be helpful. Uh, sometimes there is genuine inflammation within the ear, uh, the uh, cochlea, cochlea or the eardrum, any number of things that could be inflamed that can cause uh, this kind of sound that, that shouldn't be there. Um, you know, I liken a, a sound where I cover my ears, you know, plug them, and if the sound gets louder, I know it's not coming from outside necessarily. There's something else to it. And I'll get to get to my spiritual uh, perspective on that as well. I've talked about it. I'll bring it up again. Um, there are 
what else would we say? Nutritional issues associated, mineral issues, imbalances that are associated with it, any number of terrain explanations, including, you know, some have got on the hydrogen water, right? The echo water and, and simply hydrating and having the hydrogen in suddenly that shifted something about their tinnitus, if you will. So it's, it's one of those mysteries a little bit until you find out maybe in your case, Dan, what may be doing it or when it was triggered or was it your whole life? Like my wife who had been, of course, vaccine injured uh, and over, over uh, vaccinated, if you can say that with one, much less many, uh, because she was a civilian military brat growing up. Uh, the, the remedies, and you can look this up. I mean, if you go to the Boriki uh, Materia Medica, of course, if you're not well-versed in it, it could take you a while. But the homeopathic Bible, so to speak, there are many versions. The Boriki is the one I, I tend to uh, utilize. Uh, and, it, and it has a repertory. You can go in and look for things like ear, ringing in the ears, that kind of thing, tinnitus, and find it. And you might find uh, natrum, psilocycum. It's not a remedy. I've used that often. Uh, theosinaminum uh, as well. Um, but they're very unique and unusual. And we're going to talk homeopathy in just a moment. There's another uh, really cool story coming through uh, about a bird and homeopathy. Clearly, it was placebo, but that's coming up in just a moment uh, as we talk about the tinnitus real quick. The the use of, of uh, things that support the endocannabinoid system, that can sometimes play a role because it it regulates so many things. We don't even fully have a, a, a picture of all the things the endocannabinoid system is associated with. Could you use it topically, like the transdermal stuff we get from Nutritional Frontiers around the area of the ear? Possibly. I wish I had one answer. There are even, you could search online and there are homeopathic complex remedies for tinnitus. Sometimes they'll work, sometimes they won't. And it, it reminds me as well of warts, you know, dealing with warts, where all the remedies that you know will work for warts, they usually do. And in one case, nothing works. And then I bring up the story of my mentor told me from his, you know, early years in homeopathy of a child that was covered in warts. And this is coming back from Europe. And they kept threatening to take this child to the doctor to have him like cut off or burned off. And, but they never did it. It was sort of like the threat was, you know, we're going to take you. And then at one point in this child's uh, life, the parents said, that's it. We're done. We can't stand this. You're covered in warts. We are going to take you tomorrow. We have an appointment with the doctor and you're going to get these things burned off, cut, whatever it was. And that next morning, that child woke up and all the warts were gone. How do you explain that? That's, a, that's explain amazing. That? Yeah. That's an emotional, I mean, again, there, there's the element of the spiritual, psychosomatic, or emotional aspects of uh, physical manifestations. Now, some argue that warts are a viral thing, right? Well, you know, we deal with that with silver, and many people use the silver gel on a wart and it goes away. But it's not, I wish it was like for Dan, one, one thing I could tell you, and it's the thing. I just haven't found that to be the case with tinnitus. It could be very frustrating. Now, on a positive note, this is what I'll say before we do the other homeopathic story, okay? When I learned about divine spirit, the Holy Spirit, however you call it, and I, I think about, yes, Leslie, and what is a virus? How could a wart be viral? I, again, I'm not, I don't have time to go into that, but I'm with you, Leslie. I'm just... I'm acknowledging how they reference these things and try to communicate in a way that lands for people. But this, 
you think about uh, from a religious perspective, Super D, and I know you're not quote unquote 501c3 religious, but you're a spiritual dude. You have that aspect of you that recognizes beauty and majesty of the life. And it's amazing. Something bigger than me. Yes. Yeah. And, And however you describe it, it's not for me to say what is right or wrong for you. But the point is acknowledging something extraordinary. It goes beyond our understanding in many, many cases. So when we think about even the Bible, it talks about the light, you know, and let there be light. You hear a lot about the light of God, the light. I saw the light. Don't go into the light. <laughs> you know, remember that Poltergeist movie? Uh, but the light. But very few people talk about the sound. And I don't say very few. I mean, I don't know how many people talk about it. But the sound, the word, right? The word of God. How does that manifest? And I think of sound. We think of a sound that is a wave that we can measure out here. You clap and you have sound waves going out. You can hear that with your ears if you're not deaf, for instance. But as I, as I talk about tinnitus and as I learned about the light and sound, as twin aspects of the voice of God or the Holy Spirit, that that sound could be an internal sound that could be interpreted as a tinnitus. That if you reinterpret that sound to something that I perceive as perhaps, possibly, maybe, the Holy Spirit communicating with you, that it would change the way you look at it. I'm not going to say in the worst case scenarios it's going to bring you the relief you Boy, want. Boy, that's really getting deep there. Well, it's what I tend to like to do occasionally. So like but when I the do. grandkids are over and they're just annoying the heck out of me, I could just like reinterpret that sound and it'll be something that I enjoy. You have the powers of COVID. I have the power to recreate something right. so that it is, is something that makes sense to me. So if you, uh, let's say, chant sacred words of God, sing the words of God, sing hymns or read the Bible, and you're in quiet space and you do that and you cover your ears even, what do you hear? And that's why I'm, I'm just putting that out there for everybody for your consideration, maybe you've already considered it as another aspect of it could be a divine communication from the Holy Spirit, however you perceive it to be. And I, and I leave it there so it's not all clinical and allopathic and it's always a problem. It's a diagnosis <laughs> and it's a disease. Follow me. There's another aspect oh, to consider. That's interesting. Okay. Yeah. All right. So let's do a little bit more homeopathy, if you don't mind. There's a story here that's quite extraordinary. Super Don, I don't even know how you find these things, but you find them. Uh, let's see, where is that story now? Uh, do I have it open? Can you show it up on the screen? It's about a bird, isn't it? It is indeed about a bird. Yeah. A bird uh, with a very Actium. interesting name. A bird is named Actium. And for, Act- um, Actium. Our, for our audience, especially Michael Bolden, you'll appreciate this story. Look, It's got a picture of two birds on it, if you could show that. Actium's lipoma. Lipoma. Yes. Now, these birds, apparently, if they're on a like a certain kind of diet, only seeds, they can develop certain ones, these lipomas, these growths, these fatty growths or like fatty tumors uh, growing out under their, their feathers. And it could be, it could induce death if it, if it constricts function, breathing, eating, etc. And this is a story about the idea that homeopathy is a placebo. You know, I've said this with kids. I've said this with animals. When you see a homeopathic remedy work in them, it's harder to explain it away like the skeptics try to do that. If it works at all, it's a placebo because there's no explanation because it's really not there. So this lipoma, lipoma that occurred in this particular uh, bird, a uh, budger regards, essentially Octium had to lump those who keep birds, especially these budger. I, I'm butchering the name. Michael Bolden would na- know how to name this. They're prone to fatty tumors called lipomas. Uh, so they were, 
saying you, we should put your, your bird to sleep before it becomes problematic and it would spend $300 for maybe a surgery or whatever the cost would be to put a, a $20 budgie to sleep. <laughs> and so they're like, man, maybe there's another way. And so they looked into homeopathy and they started researching it and found more than 20 different homeopathic remedies that have indications to treat lipomas, lipomas. And so this person narrowed it down through research, you know, the old way, hard work, digging, reading, you know, doing the, doing, doing the, uh, the, the gumshoe stuff and described the properties of the bird beyond the lipoma. In other words, the behavior, this, this bird actium was hyperactive, happy, liked to mimic words, danced to Willie Nelson songs and had a family uh, their family always thought it was a good thing that he was only a budgie because if he were larger, he would, they, they would have lost their fingers because he also was prone to sudden rages of anger or he'd shriek, scold loudly, and then bite. I, I, I'm thinking uh, Michael Bolden is nodding right now, going, yeah, I know that. And so these symptoms pointed squarely to the homeopathic remedy belladonna, which we've talked about for childhood fever, you know, just a, a, in a drive-by way. That's a basic way to start. But it also encompasses treating sudden violent rages where screaming and biting is, is present. So she said, okay, let's try it. Cause there's also an indication for lipoma. And so, uh, they gave Actium the, the bird, that first dose and that pale pink lump started discoloring to a purple pink. Two days later, it started to smell by five days. It was rotting and shriveling in size. And then two weeks later, she decided to say that lipoma, lipoma is dead. But she changed the remedy from belladonna to another remedy that was now indicated, calcarea carbonicum, calcarb, and continued to see this thing shrivel away because it just fit the description. And then at the last stage where it was barely hanging on, she used silica or silicea, a homeopathic scalpel. And after you know, a little bit more time, that thing just fell off. And, and in this article, there are pictures. If you scroll down, you will see the actual lipoma that fell off. And there was a little feather still attached to it, dried up and fell off. And of course, you all know that the bird knew he or she was getting a homeopathic remedy. So believed that he or she was getting well. And therefore, clearly that bird actium was cured by a placebo, not anything legitimate because homeopathy can't possibly cure anything because it's just not there. It can't kill you, so it can't cure you. So y'all check this article out. It's fantastic. Hopefully it gives you more inspiration to dig deeper into homeopathy as well. As we continue on here for the second hour with my good buddy, my pal, my friend, going outside the box together again, Ty Bollinger joining us in hour two, because the power to heal is yours. Yeah, well, this show has really gone to the birds, hasn't it there, Super D? Uh, bringing us back to ground, if you, is the guy with muscles busting out everywhere. He's going to join us momentarily, get ready to see what Ty Bollinger's guns look like. Uh, I think he's going sleeveless again. Must be warm in the southeast where I just was. In fact, mom is in the audience. Hi, mom. It was so great to hang out. Uh, mom says it's 76 degrees in Atlanta. Fahrenheit. For oh, those nice. Yeah. Hey, look what I just got in the mail. What do you got? What do you got? What is that? 
Energy bits. Yay. All right. Super D. I, you know, my buddy Scott uh, Scherner uh, showed up this morning uh, after my workout. We were hanging out, talk, chatting with my wife and him. And uh, he was like, you're really only taking two of those things a day to my wife? Yeah. One in the morning, one at night. And she's having all this energy. And she was, she was snow shoveling while I was gone in, in that's Georgia. That's crazy. She's only taking two? Yes. Because this packet right here, that says has 30 in it. And if yeah. I remember correctly, yeah. you're supposed to do like 30 of these a day. Well, is, it, is it, what, what, I feel like needed, but for my uh, wife, she's like, you know a little me. goes a long way. Yeah. You know me. I don't do a little of anything. But Right. Well, and um, neither does Ty Bollinger. 30 would be like a quarter serving. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see what he looks like. Look at them muscles. What you doing? What's up, RSB? Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, doing? cool, cool. I didn't know if I was in the group or not. You are in the group. I don't know if it's a group you want to be in, but you're here. I definitely don't. But I mean, I have to show up every now and then. Otherwise, you'd, you'd think I'm gone. Every once in a while, I'd think, well, what did I say? I must have offended him horribly. Let me see. Let me try to straighten this out here. Okay, cool. Yes. But you're so right, sensitive. Yeah. So what's up? What's up, guys? Well, I, I just spent the last week in Georgia at the Next Steps Conference with my friend Tia Severino. Many of our friends were there and got to hang out with that. A couple extra days, celebrate my birthday with a lot of friends. It was a lot of fun. And yet I was spoiled because it was so warm. I went to work out. I was drenched in sweat like I normally can only do in the winter here in the sauna right behind me. And so I was like, now I'm back. I went to work out my 500th workout at this gym. And I, it's hard to sweat when it's like 25 degrees and even if it's snowing a little bit. So I got to work extra hard now. Yeah, it's crazy. It's March 1st and it's like springtime here still i mean it's 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 warm yeah i don't i don't i honestly don't like it i mean i don't want to complain i mean i'm Literally. thankful for you know i'm thankful for good temperatures but it'd be nice to have a little bit more winter before we get back to spring and summer but yeah. i may have skipped us this year yeah i was there i started seeing the pollen uh, dropping on the cars and it was like great smells of, of spring already early and since i don't have the allergies i grew up with i don't mind spring in that way but you're right it's a little bit yeah. early by the way, Michael Bolden, 10th Amendment Center, what did you miss? If you stepped away, you missed an entire segment dedicated to your birds. I'm not kidding. You got to go back, rewind, and listen and watch. Pretty amazing. This show went to the birds, and Michael Bolden wasn't even here to watch it. All right. Well, TMB, I, you sent me some videos of, of your son, and I'm sorry we don't have him here to play, but it's stunning, like five strikeouts or something in his debut this spring uh, for the, or winter slash spring for his college. Third yeah. year in college, right? Yeah, Bryce is a junior, and um, yeah, he's done well. He's pitched two games. He's got two wins. First game, he pitched uh, only four innings. It's funny, I'll, even though this is a health show, I'll explain to you a baseball rule that I learned. So yes. he pitched four innings, mm -hmm. and typically you have to pitch five innings to get a win, right? Okay. So he had pitched four innings, allowed one run, five strikeouts, doing really good. Coach pulled him to put in another pitcher to pitch four innings and then one, a reliever for one. That's kind of the way they do. They go on pitch count today. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, they'll pull guys that are in the eighth inning if they've hit a number of pitches, even if they got a no-hitter going. It's just kind of the way that baseball's done. It's different mm -hmm. than we grew up. But um, I was like, well, that's a bummer. Bryce, he left the game. It was 11-1. to 1, wow. But he wasn't going to get the win because he only pitched four innings. But mm -hmm. the game got called at seven innings because – 10 run rule at seven. Oh, so it was no, a scheduled six. nine. Yeah. It went seven officially. And if you only go seven, then the, in college, yeah. this is the only college okay. rule. It's not pros. You only yeah. have to pitch four of seven. Nice. So he got, so he got, got the W. Wins. 
got the, he got the win. And then he pitched again last week and he got another win. He did really well. First couple innings, he was a little shaky. He allowed four runs and two, but he settled down and didn't allow a hit or a run or, or a, a run for mm-hmm. the last five innings. So he pitched a complete game, uh, seven inning complete game, first complete game at Covenant. Wow. <clears throat> Amazing. I tell you, and I remember it was a couple of years ago he was having the elbow problems. Yeah. 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 And get, guess where he pitches Friday? Uh, not at my alma mater, does he? Emory. Emory's going back to Emory. Yeah. Well, if that thing's televised, I want to watch it. So I'll send you the link. Yeah, please do. I, I just, again, I, you, for you guys are like, why are you guys talking about this stuff? We're dads. We love watching. It's our kid. You know, it's, it's the kid. I, I, and it's the kid in me loving that they're doing, you know, what they're, they're loving to do and doing, doing well, which is so much fun. Uh, So uh, we've got a number of stories to talk about. I know that you had mentioned to me a new series uh, that you're going to develop another docu-series. I don't know if it's too early to mention it, uh, but also that there'll be a a re-release of another series coming up. And I just want to make sure I'm up to speed on all of this. Yeah. So uh, at the, the last week of March, Mm-hmm. And running into April, we are going to be re-releasing the Truth About Cancer uh, Quest for the Cures final chapter, right? okay. which is which is basically the uh, compilation of all of the cancer interviews that we've done over the years mm-hmm. into final chapter. It's we we combined what we did with Global Quest, with Quest for the Cures, with Eastern Medicine, just the best of the best, and we and we produced that in twenty twenty one. But we're going to re-release it now because now we're starting to see since they released this COVID vaccine bioweapon on the world and so many people are dropping dead. Some people aren't dropping dead. Some people yeah. are getting turbo cancers, you know, and we're seeing a lot of really aggressive cancers that we've never seen before. So yeah. we felt like this was an appropriate time to release final chapter because there's a lot of information about cancer that people really need now because there's a lot. It's, it's unbelievable the number of people that are being diagnosed with cancer now. I was just thinking about the truth about vaccines that you did all these years to update it with COVID jab information as well. It would be much more well-received. Maybe they'll try and censor it, but they've lost a little bit the censorship battle. Not completely, but it's become so ridiculous that they can't contain and constrain it like they once did. Well, that's the next that's the next release in, at the end of summer, um, July, August time period. Okay. We're producing... Uh, Truth about vaccines presents remedy. It's just going to be called remedy. Nice. And we're going to pre- we are going to present remedies for mm-hmm. different vaccine type damage that's being caused by mm-hmm. medical interventions now. Fantastic. So it, it will be related to COVID vaccine. We'll mm-hmm. also dive into all the other childhood vaccines because the COVID vaccine is not the only one they're making your kids take to go back to school. So mm-hmm. July August time periods are great time to release that because right before the kids go back to school. And, mm-hmm. and, and look, here's the thing. We know that people are dropping dead. It's patently obvious. It's uh, my sister just texted me today, Robert. She mm-hmm. she substitute teaches down in San Antonio and the, the teachers were on a Zoom call last night. And one of them died on the Zoom call as wow. she was talking, just mm-hmm. dropped dead. So we're seeing this and, and people are afraid. Um, people that have taken the vaccine are afraid. They're they're like. You know, I've been contacted by people that have said, I'm afraid I'm going to die in my sleep. I'm afraid I'm going to drop dead because I see what's going on and I took the jab. So what we're trying to do do with Remedy is to provide solutions for people because people don't need to live in fear. 
And just because you've taken the COVID vaccine doesn't mean you're going to drop dead. Mm -hmm. But it does mean you need to take some action to help detoxify what is in your body now. Dude, so we're trying to get some remedies, and, and we're going to get an interview with you, of course, like we did last time. Probably yeah. get the same camera guy to yeah. come talk to you at your house or whatever. And, and uh, you know, of course, you'll be talking about selenium, silver, homeopathy, nozodes, homeoprophylaxis, you know, Copper. those type of, of remedies. Yeah. And, and so what, what the goal is, is to not just show that there's problems because people know there's problems now. We're going to give solutions and that's what people really need right now. Yeah. Hey, I, I want to bring this up real quick. Cause you, you know, you and I are both big fans of, of cardio miracle. We utilize it and I'm doing amazingly since I've been on it and John Hewlett developed it from being on death's door, right. With open heart surgery. So um, there's been a, a scientific study that's making the rounds in the mainstream media talking about this uh, uh, sugar erythritol. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you look at the study, I'm just going to do a brief hit on this because I, I want to get John Hewlett on to talk about it. And by the way, all the new stuff that's starting to ship out doesn't have it anymore. They were already working on that for, for months, almost a year now to do that. But it's at a, such a minor level that it wasn't problematic in terms of most interaction with it. In fact, mm -hmm. John, John Hewlett would be dead if it did because yeah. they're saying it, it, it integrates heart issues or vascular issues or blood issues. But the uh, study that they did used like 30 milligrams of erythritol. Yeah. It's like, Who's um, doing that? That's um, an insane amount of it. And here, look, here's the thing. I'm not saying erythritol is healthy or not healthy. I'm agnostic to this right now because I haven't studied it enough for, on this. But what I have seen mm -hmm. is that over the last couple of months, they're coming out with video games are causing heart attacks. Mm -hmm. Breathing too much is causing heart attacks. Yeah. Global warming is causing heart issues. And now they're coming out with this erythritol. Maybe it is, maybe it's not, but it's just convenient that they're not coming out with any articles about how the COVID-19 right. is causing yeah. heart problems. I think yeah. a lot of it's subterfuge and mm -hmm. a lot of it's misdirect. So people think it's everything but the vaccine that's causing all this heart attacks, myocarditis and strokes. And again, yeah. I'm not saying that erythritol is healthy or not healthy. It's just suspicious yeah. timing. And yeah. by the way, yeah. since ahead. you do bring up uh, Hewlett yes. and our good buddy Stan Graham, Yes. Um, they'll be coming to your house or you'll be going there for the interview whenever. Cause I just talked to John yeah. yesterday awesome. and I'm going to get an interview with him yes. as, as a remedy. Nitric oxide is a remedy. We'll coordinate with you and, 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 uh, they want to, mm -hmm. we're going to get an interview with them as well. Yeah, exactly. Well, in terms of quantitative, just suffice it to say, as you look into the article uh, about this erythritol, it's at levels none of us would ever do. And when I weigh out the benefits of Cardio Miracle, and it took me two years before I agreed to begin taking it, much less uh, talking about it. it. It was so far superseding any potential negative aspect of it. But again, that's a mood issue now because they've uh, been able to alter monk fruit stevia and not need the erythritol anymore yeah. at all. So that's done. So that's good news as well. We'll talk to John Hewlett about that as well. But I wanted to bring that up with you because yeah. I know you know how they, they game the studies as well. Uh, but yeah. ex exactly deny any connection between the COVID jabs and died suddenly. Yeah. Now, we were talking about censorship. Uh, this natural news article uh, by Ethan Huff, FDA claims it will save lives by silencing speech online, making sure no one is allowed to talk about natural medicine prevention or cures. Of course, the opposite is true by censoring all the natural cures that exist that we know that you know that all of y'all have been integrating interacting with for for now years maybe decades we know that the death inducing machinery of the fda is successful only when they can censor what we know 
to be factual, true, scientifically established, as well as healthful and not harmful. Yeah, well, look, consider the source, right? FDA. I mean, the the Fear and Death Administration mm-hmm. is saying that it's going to be a good thing to censor information. Look, since when is censoring information good on any level? Why do we need to have censored information? Aren't we smart enough to make our own decisions up? If you present somebody with the facts on both sides of an issue, let them make up their own mind. Why do they have to censor information about natural treatments and natural preventions? Mm-hmm. Well, because it's competitive with one of their biggest sponsors, their biggest sponsor, Big Pharma. And so that's why. That's why you get this from FDA, the Fear and Death Administration. Yeah. And, um, and so take it for, you know, consider the source. It's, it's worth about a grain of salt. That's what it's worth. Yeah, this uh, Caliph guy is saying, man, just we can't have all these free thinking Americas. It's killing them like uh, independent thought, critical yeah. thinking. My gosh, that is so dangerous. As you point out, it's dangerous to the profits of the pharmaceutical and chemical industrial in, in, in complex. Uh, yeah. They can't sell their, their stuff. when We are recognizing that that's where the danger and death is induced from. And of course, the things that we talk about here and you've covered for so many years in books and on docuseries is actually that which can actually help and not harm. And as I pointed out last hour, you know, the the absurdity of claiming homeopathy is a placebo when you see the the birds getting remedies and nothing other than the vet saying, well, we could put your, you know, your parrot to sleep mm-hmm. <laughs> or we could do surgery and it might kill them anyway. But and they, they decided to go to homeopathy and it just dried up and fell off. And yet, because it can't kill, because homeopathic remedy can't kill, and for the most part, herbs cannot kill unless you uh, uh, greatly abuse them. Anything can become toxic in quantity, except homeopathy, really. Yeah. Uh, that you have the ability to help without harming. And that's a, for, a concept foreign to these molecular reductionists. And yeah. uh, that's why they continue to battle and say free speech is dangerous. Well, look, I mean, they, they've been battling throughout the whole COVID scam right? Trying to censor disinformation as this article is talking about or misinformation, whatever they want to call it. But, and you know, the, 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 the anti-vaxxers, well, look, according to Webster's dictionary, an anti-vaxxer is someone that, that disagrees with some or all vaccines. So some, if you don't agree to every vaccine, you're an anti-vaxxer according to Webster's dictionary. So in light of a recent poll that I think 80 only 16% of Americans, 84% aren't in favor of all the vaccines. Only 16% of Americans are in favor of every vaccine. That means 84% of the people are anti-vaxxers, including Paul Offit. So uh, <laughs> Paul Offit's now an anti-vaxxer. Welcome to our camp. Mm-hmm. Welcome. The water's warm. Actually, that's all that we're talking about, water, unlike uh, what's in the vaccine. It's not just saline and water, Paul. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, going back on... on uh, uh, the freedom to speak. And then we have, uh, you know, I would much rather have too much speech than too little. And, and here we have a, a, an issue like for instance, the East Palestine, uh, you know, derailing. Yeah. And there's a lot of conjecture, many, uh, much of it unsubstantiated. We can't validate a lot of it, but suffice it to say, there's a lot of derailing that has happened and been happening before that. A lot of toxic chemicals are being transported by rail. And whatever you want to say about what happened in East Palestine, it is an ecological and environmental disaster. And it's on top of many. It's not the first, but this one brought to light more than anything prior to it, Ty, that environmentalists 
that are all in on global warming and climate change don't give a flip about the environment because they have remained fairly silent, quiet on a real ecological disaster. Yeah. And, 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 um, you know, th th that happened. And you remember we heard initial reports that, oh, it was a controlled burn. Remember that? Mm -hmm. There's nothing controlled about it. And apparently it, the, the wreck happened and they decided immediately to have a controlled burn within the first half hour. Are you kidding me? That makes about as much sense logically as the you know twin towers falling from being hit by an airplane on this 82nd floor. There's, There's a lot no of way. Sense, yeah. And um, and I've seen a video of a guy that spent his whole life you know, in, in uh, environmental disasters. And he's like, this, there's no way that they control burned this stuff. So they lied to us from the beginning about East Palestine. You know, mm -hmm. Charlene's parents and her family are up there 45 minutes away. I mean, that's it. Yeah. And Pittsburgh's 45 minutes away. Right. It's just insane. But, um, you know, the fish are dying. People are having a hard time breathing. Who knows what the long-term effects are? Um, we do know that it's creating dioxins and dioxins are toxic, toxic. One good thing about um, uh, natural remedies is that many of them will combat some of these chemicals that are being created. Yeah. So, you know, for, for those that are concerned about the dioxins and mm -hmm. remedy, we're going to tell you about it. I'm not going to wait till then. I'll tell you right now. One of the best ways to detox dioxin is with broccoli sprouts. Broccoli sp sprouts have I3C, endo 3 carbonyl. And that has been shown to minimize damage from dioxin. So if you're in harm's way, if you feel like you're breathing or drinking, you know, water that's contaminated, start sprouting broccoli sprouts. And the mm -hmm. I3C will help you not have the damage from the dioxins. Nice. So, so there's just a lot of nature's medicine that we'll be sharing. Yeah. And, and the formula uh, that <clears throat> my, my good buddy Babry has put out, the Folium PX, which, you know, hanging out with mom, this past week was a lot of fun, Ty, because, you know, she's been struggling over the last three years of COVID. And again, we don't know if that was COVID related or not, but right. regardless, she, you know, from dancing all the time to not going out dancing, not having any energy to, to now she's out dancing again. Right. Uh, I'm just, you know, just so pleased with her interaction with these things that counteract an accumulation of a lifetime. My gosh, she just turned 89. She's seen a lot in her lifetime. And these bodies accumulate and there's any moment in time that you add one thing into the mix, it could be disastrous. So yeah. counteracting it is not a new thing for us to discuss. It's just as we learn new ways to go about it, new things within nature, new botanicals or otherwise, uh, we want to let you know about it. And that's why I, I'm so thrilled to hear about this thing, the remedy version, if you will, of, of uh, truth about vaccines and what to do for all the people in fear right now. Yeah. And, and you know, another thing that we're going to cover is, ways to detoxify from the childhood vaccines as well. So not just the COVID, but we'll cover the whole childhood schedule Very and give, give suggestions on what you can do if, you know, your child's been injured by the DPT or the MMR or the rotavirus vaccine or whatever it might be. We're going to go specifically into those ingredients and, mm -hmm. and, and, and name, get experts to name ways to detoxify those things as well. So it's going to be pretty powerful. I'm pumped about it. Yeah, there are a few points here in this article uh, that we're talking about right now. It's linked up in the show notes at robertscabell.com. Please sign up for email alerts or text RSB to the number 22828. You get in the field 22828, boom, send RSB, and you'll get plugged in. Number one, this is, again, strange but true. Why is it that the EPA says vinyl chloride uh, ignition are safe, pot toxic fumes, while carbon dioxide, which is critical for plant life and photosynthesis and rainforest, 
is a pollutant, a deadly pollutant. It's one of those things where you go shake your head or things that make you go, hmm, for those of you who remember Arsenio Hall when he did that. Number two, go ahead. You know, it's just, it's bizarre, as you mentioned earlier. So you had this huge chemical spill and burning toxins like we've never seen before. And they don't seem to even care. Meanwhile, they're still pushing, you know, the fart tax for cows. I mean, it's just like these people are smoking crack. They they do not care about the environment. They yeah. do not care about keeping clean air and clean water for you. It's a political globalist parasitic agenda. And that's that's what they're they're after creating slaves that are dependent upon them. And this is one of the ways they can do it with disasters like this and also making farmers pay per ha- per head of cow because of the methane. It's just right. it doesn't make any sense. Yep. So why are we told that toxic chemical runoff from the firefighting uh, water sprayed on the chemical fire is so toxic that it had to be injected deep underground so that it won't surface for thousands of years, but also that the land and water where those chemicals rain down is now perfectly safe. You don't have to worry about a thing. Again, yeah, yeah again, it, when you're lying, mm-hmm. it's hard to keep up with a lie. So yeah. they, they tell us that, the, that it's perfectly safe and we don't need to worry about what happened in East Palestine. Meanwhile, they're toting off the, the the toxic byproducts and trying to bury them in areas that we won't see them for millennia yeah. because they're so toxic. So Maybe. it's either one or the other. It's not both. It can't be toxic, but okay to breathe. But that's what they, they want us to believe. But again, people have been so brainwashed and so lobotomized and so used to doublethink, you know, Orwell's doublethink, mm-hmm. believing two things that can't be true at the same time that they do. They believe, hey, yeah, it's we're safe, Amazing. but they got to tote off the toxic waste. Well, no, if they got to tote off the toxic waste, you're not safe right now. Apparently, there was a Texas-based hazardous waste disposal company called Texas Molecular. They are already licensed to dispose of vinyl chloride. It's like, well, couldn't they just come in and mop it up because they're they already know how to do it instead of setting it on fire and dispersing it every? I mean, again, excuse me. I mean, you already have a company that's licensed to do this. They didn't think to call them. Well, look, nothing about this makes sense. Um, the the toting off of the toxic waste doesn't make sense. I mean, look, regardless if you're a Republican or Democrat or independent or whatever, mm-hmm. how is it that the president's never visited there yet? I mean, it's been almost a month now. No, that's he thought he thought East Palestine or Palestine was in uh, near Kiev. I think that's what it was. He got yeah, well, yeah, maybe so. Maybe that he thought he was going to visit when he was going there. But that's disgraceful, regardless. Yeah. Regardless of who you voted for or what you your political views are, that's disgraceful. You know, maybe if we if there was a couple of dozen children out there that he could sniff, he would have showed up immediately. Mm-hmm. Other considerations and concerns: EPA, Ohio State authorities are not apparently willing to test surrounding farms for dioxins, which is that controversial dioxins? Are we not sure that that's, well, it's not really toxic. Is that right? The case? I didn't think that was the case. No, they're, also, they're, too, they're too busy measuring the methane from the cows. Yeah. We, we can't be bothered with dioxins. Cows are farting over there at the, the next door town there. Why do people who already left East Palestine and healed from their original exposure starting to get sick again when they return to East Palestine? Oh, it's perfectly safe. Again, yeah. valid questions. Why are you not investigating it? Uh, number six, every decision made by authorities about how to handle the chemicals had the result of spreading them, not containing them. Once again, government, great for doing all the wrong things. 
Uh, number seven, if East Palestine first responders had 1.8 million gallons of water to spray on the fire that officials ignited, then they also had enough water to put out the initial small fires that they claim placed the tanker trucks at risk. Again, valid questions. I don't have the answer, but I just think that, uh, you know, this is the kind of thing investigative journalists would normally do now. It's very little of that happening, if any, at that level where it's called legitimate. If it didn't happen on the NBC, CNN news, then it didn't happen. Yeah, there's very few investigative journalists left. You know, they basically read scripts. And and all these questions make a lot of sense. And, and, I, and I like that one. If they had 1.8 million gallons of water to spray on the fire mm-hmm. that, that the, the, the officials ignited, why didn't they put out the initial fires? Yeah. That's a good question. Yeah, it's a question. I don't have an answer, but why, why, why? Yeah. Uh, of course, the final thing here, we're told that they had to set fire to the vinyl chloride, which had been emptied from the rail tanker cars in order to prevent the risk of tanker car explosions causing shrapnel injuries. But if the vinyl chloride was already emptied from the tanker cars, the shrapnel explosion risk was already eliminated. And of course, if you're worried about shrapnel, you know, there are other ways to protect against that. And, and in fact, clearing out the area, but yeah. again, so many mysteries I don't buy that at all. That's, yeah. that's like the excuse why they said they didn't uh, shoot down the, one of the balloons over Montana because there was too much risk to people. There's hardly any people there. We used to live there. That's the best place in the world you could shoot down a, a balloon because yeah. it's so un, non-populated. So mm-hmm. none of these excuses make any sense. This this is an intentional. Uh, I don't know how if the wreck was on purpose. It could have been. But yeah. this is an intentional destruction of that area of the country. There's no other conclusion you can reach. They did everything that if you were following a playbook on how to destroy that area, this would be what they did. So the only conclusion, what's Occam's razor? That's what they're doing. What are you left with? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, there are some upcoming events I want to let y'all know about. I wish Ty was at all of them, but uh, uh, we've got online events. Um, I'm going to Phoenix slash Scottsdale, Arizona on Sunday, the 5th of March. And I'm going to be speaking at the Giving Tree Cafe about health freedom issues. And that trip also on Monday and Tuesday, we have a Jonathan E. Mord for health freedom event as well. There, there's super done showing the, the Im- image. If you go to the upcoming events tab at robertscottbell.com, uh, you can see that. I'd love to see you there Sunday at 5 p.m. local time in uh, Phoenix, Arizona at the Giving Tree Cafe. And then Monday, if you go to emord4va.com, you go to upcoming events there, events, you'll see that we have a big event. And we just had uh, Dr. Jack Wolfson talking about it, paleocardiologist, uh, an organic biodynamic place, paleo and everything. Uh, so I'll be eating well that night on Monday uh, for the dinner time. And that you yeah, Medical Freedom Forum, Scottsdale, Arizona, the 6th, that's this Monday. And then there's a luncheon on the 7th. So you got two events that are happening. Love to see you there. However, you can support Jonathan E. Mord from afar or by uh, attending any or all of the events. And I'm, you know, all in. I'm not a, a guy into politics and politicians, but Jonathan E. Mord has been a friend for many, many years. You know him from being on this show every week for the last almost 10 years. And uh, Ty, you know, Jonathan, you know what this man is all about, beating the FDA back a world record eight times. Yeah, yeah, he's he's the real deal. I'm really excited about his run. I think he's going to do very well. And he's certainly going to have our crowd supporting him. And our crowd's a lot, lot, lot larger than people think. Yeah, I know. I can't wait to put it out there. And maybe, maybe you host a, a big event in Tennessee. 
you know, for him. Uh, and it'd be a lot easier than the truth about cancer events. That's a huge, <laughs> you know, something really small, but that could bring people together and he'll be happy to, to come out and see you. Yeah. Also, our friends at Nutritional Frontiers, they're also a Pittsburgh-based business. And my concern for them is, 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 you know, I've talked about it, but they have a lot of good things to help detoxify the body. I've been using their um, dimethylglycine uh, product to counteract glyphosate exposure, even though I'm all organic, everything's got it. So uh, to help protect the body, we have a mind-body-soul restoration event in Clearwater, Florida, uh, basically April 1st and 2nd, but you can get there the night of the 31st, and it's just a wonderful time on the beach. It's like healing for healers. So all of you that have been working on healing other people, you get a little downtime too in that. We have a, a big event coming up in Sandy, Utah, which is the Salt Lake Valley uh, with Be Healthy Utah, April 21st and 22nd. Uh, that is coming up. Uh, the end of April, I got another event I'll be at, uh, Functional Medicine Summit and Expo in uh, Nashville. So hopefully I get to see Ty if he's in town. And then we have the Goody Farms Homestead in Southwest Missouri, the RSB Family Union. First time we're doing this, July 14th, 15th, and 16th. Food, family, fun, campfire, learning, healing, music. It's going to be amazing. And then I've been invited to speak at the Las Vegas Biomed Expo September 14th through 17th. Uh, and, um, well, you know, Vegas, I haven't been there in a while, but I'm, I'm willing to go to bring healing back where they desperately need it there in Vegas. So do you have any events, Ty, that I should know about? No. You just like busy producing more docu-series. I understand. Yeah. You know, we've made a conscious effort to stop traveling so much and, and doing events and just focus on things like this. The, the events are fun, but they're not what we need to be doing at this point. And, and there's only so many days to get this stuff done. Yeah, no, I understand. And then remember, the uh, in October, we'll be back for the Health Freedom Expo, which is like one of the highlights of the year because that we're talking about family, been engaged in the school, been engaged in promoting health freedom for decades and decades and decades. So um, I'll plan to be there. We don't have that banner up yet, but there's a lot of good events. And as they come up, you guys let me know if I don't know about some of them, but uh, I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, more people than ever are recognizing how important it is to limit the role of government in our lives, especially when it comes to health, because of the COVID nonsense that we've been through, the claiming that they own your body, they could force you to get a jab uh, or stop you from doing anything they want because you don't get one. Now, many people, even on the political left, not the extreme ones that just can't engage in, in intellectual discussion at all, but a lot of others are going, no, that's not what I you know, for those that are Democrats, or that's not why I was part of the Democratic Party. So I think there's going to be a resurgence in like the health freedom vote. Why I think Jonathan Nemord will win the United States Senate in Virginia against Tim Kaine. Man, that'd be awesome, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. We have a U.S. sitting or standing senator appearing on this show weekly. That'd <laughs> I mean, be awesome. Tell him that if, he, if that happens, don't get too big for his britches. He's got to stay on. I, I just don't think he will. That's just not the way Jonathan is. He's, no, I'm just teasing. He, he would he would continue to do the show, I guarantee you. Well, and he said so. Anyway, unless yeah. unless they say don't don't deal with that RSB character. He's too, you know, he's too far out there. And I, that's the concern. I don't want to be a harm to his campaign, but he doesn't believe so. So I'm helping him in any way I can. Cool. Uh, all right. So let's talk about FD, FBI chief uh, Christopher Ray. Now he's saying, as we're hearing from the Department of Energy, oh, yeah, maybe the lab leak theory wasn't so crazy after all. And I'm not even saying that's definitively all the reasons that this happened. But regardless, those that even talked about it were censored, deplatformed, denigrated, et cetera. And uh, even I remember when Jon Stewart was on uh, Colbert's show and Colbert was aghast with Jon Stewart going, you know what? It could be the Wuhan, la da 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 
And, and, you know, now the FBI is coming out. I'm like, how much of this is controlled uh, flow of information, like limited hangout versus we can't, we can't pretend this has happened at this point. Well, it's like none of the government alphabet agencies can agree, right? Mm -hmm. FBI says it's lab leak. CIA still doesn't know. Um, NSA doesn't give a rip. You know, I mean, it's, it's like, who are we supposed to believe? But that, you know, the lab leak theory is one of the things that they cited in one of the first hit piece articles against us in 2020. Mm -hmm. I think it was like three years ago when we had a, I think it was a CNN article or no, it was an AP article. And one of the things they cited about how crazy that we were is the fact that we claimed that COVID-19 originated in a lab in Wuhan. And now it's pretty much everybody believe, and I mean, nobody believes it was a natural escape anymore. They might say that they haven't concluded, but I mean, everybody knows it was created in China at the Latin. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was one of the things that got us, you know, attacked by the mainstream. And, and then, you know, that same article got republished on hundreds of different websites, you know, basically slandering us, claiming that we were crazy for claiming that COVID was created in a lab. So who, who are the, the purveyors of misinformation, disinformation? Clearly it's not us. <laughs> it's yeah. Let's say maybe it's the people that are accusing us of creating mm -hmm. or spreading disinformation. They're the real spreaders of disinformation. You know, what was that Shakespearean st statement, me thinks you protest too much, right? When they, Oh, it's not yeah. us. It's you guys. But well, look, here, here, here's the thing that's really frustrating, Robert. And this is one of the reasons that we are producing a remedy for the late summer mm -hmm. is these media outlets, the pharmaceutical companies, whoever was government agents, governments, you know, talking heads, anybody that spewed this disinformation about us and you and everybody who was trying to help people know the truth, they're complicit in the deaths of millions of people. Because if this, the media and the talking heads and pharma hadn't participated in censoring information that turned out to be now the truth, there would be millions of people that had not died in the last couple of years. So, you know, this is not just, hey, you know, let's all get on the same page and, and let's share ideas. This is, you censored information that ended up killing people and you're responsible. And so that's one of the messages in Remedy is that these people that did this, they're responsible and they need to be held to account because the same thing that they were trying to do to us actually needs to be done to them. They need to be held account for, for censoring truth, which yeah. in essence is spreading disinformation. Super Don, the voice of reason here. And when I look at all of the, you know, we've talked about the weird, the Department of Energy is talking about this and uh, now FBI, yeah, it could be a lot. What is your take, Super D, on on why the heck now all the denials now they're going? Yeah, yeah, it could be that. Well, you, you know, just, just Ty, so you know, mm -hmm. there are two alphabet agencies that do agree with each other now. Oh yeah, you've That's got the FBI and just recently the Department of Energy. DOE, okay. which, which was interesting because we were sitting there going, "Why would the Department of Energy have anything to do with this?" But apparently they oversee uh, a lot of the biological labs that are doing, you know, research on, on stuff and like that. And so they they uh, are agreeing with the FBI now. Although it's interesting because the DOE came out with this statement like what? When was it, Robert? Like like three days ago? Yeah, a few days ago. And suddenly long. the FBI jumped in front of the microphone. Hey, ho, wait a minute. Ho, hey, we believe. So it's almost like they're competing, you know, with competing agencies. So anyway. 
shouldn't they be shadow banned now for saying it? Well, not now. No, no. not no. now. If it had been two, three years ago, then yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it's it's one more thing on a list of things uh, over the last three years that ended up becoming true that people like Ty, like us, like you know, a lot of the people were all in in, in good company. Uh, they got banned or deplatformed or whatever mm-hmm. because we were we were talking about these things, and it, it wasn't even that we were. I, I wouldn't even say that we were going. We know for a fact that this is what happened two or three years ago. We were just bringing it up. It's like, wow, this looks like this could be this, or, or you know, I don't agree with what they're saying. I think we ought to be looking at this or something like that, you know. And now, now it's a thing that's okay to talk about, I guess, because they're talking about it. Yeah, you're right, uh, Super D. Because a few years ago, we never said definitively that it was created in a lab. We said, I think one of the things we did, we we created a a PDF, a downloadable ebook that people could read about the, you know, the truth about COVID-19. And we cited some experts that had analyzed the, the trails. The, what not? They were like paper trails. I mean, they, they were starting to pull out these things. They said, here, watch this money go here. And so it was like all these little pieces were, you know, made us suspicious like anybody would be to go, hey, yeah, all that thread, see where it goes. But Even it was if, irresponsible to well, say were, things like but that. But not only the paper trail, but we'd referenced people that were virologists that had, allegedly pulled apart the, you know, pulled apart the component pieces of the virus and said, there's no way this was created, originated naturally. This has to be man-made and here's why. So Mm -hmm. we were actually citing experts that said, this has to be genetically engineered and here's the reason why. And then they censored us for that. Yeah. Just amazing. Just amazing, y'all. So we are continuing to not stop with what we talk about, always looking forward at the next phase and next level. And I don't know it's not scheduled to talk about it, but I, you know, this has been another front and center discussion, the, the central bank digital currencies and digital IDs. You know, I've talked about these things potentially coming to fore and that's getting closer and closer. And uh, my sense of urgency, of course, is that it's a prison cell where they don't need to put you behind bars. It's a digital cell that it can lock you in your home, basically making you unable to interact with the so-called economy that would be required to only interact with if you have the digital ID and that ID is working because you're behaving properly, according to, you know. They're already doing that in China. So they've got what they call the 15-minute cities where where everything is within 15 minutes and you've got to have your digital ID to to get in and to go between store to store, business to business, whatever. You're tracked, you know, 24-7. And now I just saw a newscast in Cleveland, Ohio, Mm-hmm. Talking about Cleveland becoming the first 15 minute city in the United States. Track and trace. That's what it's all about. Track and trace. Well, and who, who would, uh, let's say, implement it or, or enforce it? Would it be the FBI or would it be you hardly need to do anything if you make it only possible to buy groceries with central bank digital currencies tied mm-hmm. to a digital ID? So you yeah, make it a de facto prison cell that basically, as long as you get the next booster, we'll, we'll keep your access open to the CBD, you know, digital currencies. And so you, people don't realize that you really don't need a police force to do it at that right. point. If everything is made digital and you ex- acquiesce and fall down on real ID and digital IDs to the next level. And I say, starting with social security numbers, that was the starting point. And people might go back further than that, but without, you know, numbering people like cattle, they have no way to enforce these provisions, much less implement a digital currency. It's all based on numbers and numbering. Yeah, it's all dependent upon a digital currency 
digital IDs, digital passport. It's mm -hmm. all dependent upon that. And so that's why there's so many pushes for that. So many pushes for digital currency, so many pushes against using cash or gold or whatever, uh, because they can't track and trace if yeah. it's physical. Yeah, I, I like, uh, if I can, using cash and gold backs wherever I can to uh, bring that privacy back. Oh, that must be you're committing a crime, Robert. You, yeah, you don't want the government to know if you weren't doing anything wrong, you wouldn't care. It wouldn't matter. How many times do you right. hear that? until you're locked in a prison cell. Say, hey, wait, what did I do wrong? You know what you did wrong? Is you didn't fight back against digital currencies while you had the chance, digital IDs yeah. while you had the chance. Yeah, I've been pretty much using a dozen eggs as my barter lately. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Maybe we can <laughs> use seaweed. Can we use seaweed as, as uh, not only medicine, but as, as money? I love seaweed. Uh, for me, it's like, give me seaweed, I will eat it. Um, you have an article here. Uh, this is uh, just came out, in fact, not long ago. Ty and Charlene from thetruthaboutcancer.com. It's linked up in the show notes at robertscottbell.com. Can seaweed prevent cancer? What say you? It's your article. Well, I mean, th this goes back a lot of, we, we thought about this article based upon the interview I did a, 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 a 10 years ago when we went to New York City and we both did Carol Alt show, A Healthy You. Yes. And we talked about seaweed, but you know, one of the things that seaweed does contain, which I mentioned on that Fox News show 10 years ago, it's funny, one of the kids at church saw that interview recently and he, he said, you were so much younger then. And I'm like, I know. Yeah, I saw, it was 10 years ago. I saw a picture, I think from nine years ago when you and I were in Atlanta uh, and and I was looking at my hair, I'm going, dang, damn it, it was way more brown, darn it. it you know, it was, but you've, uh, you've aged well. You don't look, in, other than the hair, you look about the same. <laughs> Well, so, yeah, and I did, uh, just so you know, Ty, because I didn't call you and tell you I should have, but when I was in Atlanta for the Next Steps Conference, it was over my birthday. So if I was at the gym at my home, I would be doing a burpee for every year, which would have meant 57 burpees. And I wasn't at the gym, so I thought I could weasel out of it, but I wouldn't feel right. So I went to the the hotel gym, and I did uh, played uh, one of the songs that just popped up on my phone, Thunderstruck by ACDC. I said, oh, yeah. well, this will get me fired up. And it started playing. So I started doing my burpees and I had to target 57 and I did it with over 30 seconds left to, to spare in this, in the, in the song. So I did it in under three and a half minutes, 57, That's good. 57. So dude, I'm trying to keep up with you, my friend. Good job. Good job. I, um, I pulled, I, uh, I went out, I, I actually kind of tweaked my lat a couple of days ago because I was trying to set my personal record, recent record for chin up. So Mm -hmm. Um, when I was heavier, I could only do a few chin-ups because yeah. I was, I had so much weight to pull up, but right. I got out last week, two weeks ago, I did 25, uh, wide grip chins, which for me is, that's a lot. Cause I, you know, I weigh over 200 pounds. So, um, that's, that's about the most chin-ups I've done since I was in college. So I, I try, I was trying to beat my 25 and then on rep 11, I'm like, Oh, something. And then, so I've had to lay back off of it, but I'm, I'm working on beating that personal record myself. Oh, with a tie hood is with a wat. Oh. Well, you know, one of the things that I've got to do now that I'm 55 years old is <laughs> I got to warm up for it. So used to in college, if I wanted to go right. max out on chin-ups, mm -hmm. I just go boom, jump just up on the bar and start pulling up. Yeah. Now I've got to do a couple of warm-up sets with a real light weight on the lat pull-down machine mm -hmm. and then get mm -hmm. my back warm and then I'll do the chin-ups. Otherwise, I'll pop something. It's still impressive. I mean, as much as if anybody's ever tried to do a chin-up, Dude, you know, when you first start, you're like, you could barely do one, much two or three, but it, it's, it's an I amazing. Bet you, I bet you can do a few dozen. How many can you do? I'm sure you I, can do. No, it's not, part of, it's not part of my normal regimen, so I don't know. 
so, you know, I probably would be at a deficit compared to what I do with, you know, the burpees and other things that I do uh, that I'm very good at rep- repetitively and, and, you know, requires a lot of oxygenation. That's why, again, I talk about the, the, the cardio miracle helping me to, cause your heart's going to go up when you're pushing and doing it fast. But as far as the chin-ups, I, I might have to put that into my mix because they don't go have try. Bars at my, I want to uh, see. Okay. I'll see, yeah, what I can see what you can do because I bet you can do quite a few. You've got you've got clearly you've got uh, strong biceps. I can just see by looking at your arms. So if you did like a narrow grip, you could probably mm-hmm. do a whole bunch of the wider grip or harder. But then I would say, oh, my with the wats are hurting. No, you need to do a little whittle warm up first. <laughs> what are you, a girly man? Yeah. Anyway, can we say that anymore? Are we canceled, Super Don? Can we say girly man? Is that allowed without thinking that we're trying to transgender anybody or misgender them? That used to be fun to be able to say that. No? Yes? I didn't get a phone call, so I think we're all right. We're okay yeah. so far. So, yes, eat seaweed, y'all. Um, that's a wonderful, wonderful mineral-rich. Fucoidin. Fucoidin yeah. is the key Fucoidin. element in seaweed, yeah. Excellent, excellent. Um, there's an Enfamil recall, apparently. This is another one, a new article at TTAC. Uh, and Enfamil, you know, reminds me of what my parents put me on because the pediatrician said, hey, man, breast milk, bad, powdered milk, whatever, this stuff is good. Yeah. And I'm thinking even without a recall, can you do better than Enfamil? Well, you know, that's that's one of the things that they do initially when babies are born is they, they try to scare mothers away from breastfeeding and say, oh, no, you can, this is just as good or better if you feed them infamil or you know soy formula or whatever um you know they did that with us you know the, even as far back as when brianna was born mm-hmm. it's like hey you know she's not you know latching on properly you just need to feed her formula yeah so and and, and what we're seeing and, and this is some one of the things that i've been my, my mind has been refreshed on mm-hmm. is that the countries that have the lowest incidence of of infant mortality and disease are not only the ones that do the lowest number of vaccinations, but they're also ones that have the highest percentage of breastfeeding. Because breastfeeding is one of the ways that the baby's initial immune system develops early. So if they can get you away from breastfeeding and put you on this crap, the baby's immune system's not gonna be as good. So Mm -hmm. then they've got a customer that's gonna be sicker throughout the course of the life. So, you know, again, Occam's razor, why are they doing this? Maybe because they're trying to create customers. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not saying that the doctors are even knowledgeable about this. Doctors are just doing what they're told by the pharma reps a lot of times, unbelievably. Yeah. Yeah. Well, guys and gals, uh, you know, we got to do better now that we know better. And we'll continue to do that. So I hope you're all getting email from the truthaboutcancer.com as well as right here at robertscottbell.com. Also, if you were, you probably know about Charlene's cancer fighting cuisine episode nine apparently she's got i i can't keep up with this is this a new episode or is this one's re-released recently yeah no this is a new one this is just uh you know we've been, we've been putting together a cookbook for years and never really have released it we may have one of these days but these are just some of the recipes from the cookbook that we're releasing periodically so people you know get tastes you know you see the like the double entendre there get a taste of it Yes, I like it. Yes, get so, it. Uh, these are just some of the recipes that will eventually be in the book. And this is one of this is a breakfast bowl. And as you'll notice in there, one of the ingredients is sprouts. And again, we recommend broccoli sprouts because uh, within the next several months, we're going to learn that a large percent, millions and millions and millions of people are exposed to these dioxins. So uh, anytime you get a chance, add sprouts to a bowl, a smoothie, whatever, a salad. And it's very easy to sprout on your own. Yeah. Hey, TMB, uh, next time I'm in Nashville, another thing I want to do, 
is go see Brianna, your daughter. She's just jamming. I see on Instagram, she's like doing guitar solos and out yep. there uh, performing. Awesome. Uh, you've probably been to one of her shows, but I, I definitely, if it works out and times out when I'm in town, we can do that. That'd be amazing. Yeah. Uh, let me know when you're going to be here next and I'll see if she's playing any of those dates. Okay. Well, it'll be yeah, she, she rocks. She's great. We've, we've seen her in, in live several times. Toward the end of April, just I know that I'll get to the dates when I when I know definitively, but just okay. it, I know it's plenty of time because a lot of yeah. times these gigs aren't, you know, sometimes in Nashville are just like set up really quickly. But uh, that's one of the things I love to, to do again, see these kids growing into their own, expressing their talents and their yeah. passions. And uh, it's just fun. I feel I feel proud, even though I'm not technically their dad, but, you know, I feel uh, like their family, you know, seeing them growing up, growing up all these years. Well, it's the same that I do whenever I see video of Ari singing or Elijah doing his thing. It's like, yeah, there's, there are kids. We're proud of them. So, yeah, I, I get you. Bri yeah. you know, Brianna actually played at the Bluebird Cafe last month. So wow. that was a big deal here in Nashville to play at the Bluebird. To totally cool. I mean, she's yeah. just jamming on the guitar. I'm just so impressed. So I love to see that. So we'll uh, get together then. But obviously, we'll have a lot more to do between now and then whenever you can yeah. show up for to go outside the box occasionally, just so I know I haven't offended you totally. That 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 keeps me happy. Not much. Not no, much. you know, you, you haven't offended me totally, just partially, but only partially. I mean, everybody offends me partially. <laughs> no, Robert, one thing you know for sure is that we love you and we love your family. So if I don't show up, it has nothing to do with you personally. It's just I'm being a derelict and wanting to go out and lay out in the sun. Oh, no. Or Super Don said something. Clearly, Super Don would be the one that would offend you. Uh, super, super Don, you know, love the guy. Um, and it's it's great to get him in the mix, too. So I'm glad that you that we're getting his input on stuff. Next show, let's get even more because I love his perspective on things. Yeah, absolutely. People love Super D. Anyway, thank you all for being here and uh, being part of the show. And I want to thank uh, Landon Starbuck for being on in the first hour. Very important discussion with what Landon's working on in terms of all this uh, the crazy gender stuff. And uh, TMB, it's always good to see you, my friend. Uh, send my love to the whole family, especially, you know, right now with the, the kids doing the oldest of your kids. I'm just getting to watch them. Obviously, the younger ones aren't out in the world like that yet, but uh, it's fun to watch them. Tell them we're watching and appreciating them and, and uh, cheering them on as well. We'll do, buddy. We'll do. And then tell them what they need to know because you got to go. Remember, the power to heal is yours. It's another fine show you've gotten me into, Superdon. Really great show. And I guess we should shout out Kevin for helping us uh, hook up with Landon Starbuck because yep. we haven't had her on the show before. She's terrific. Nope. Which that was, was a first. Yeah. And a great mix of stories. And I, I, you know, I didn't realize that you had added the question of the day about the erythritol and i just decided to bring that up with with uh, well hey, let's just we'll, we'll put it up yeah. on the screen now um, yeah this was from beth yes and she was uh you know concerned about that study on yep. erythritol being dangerous for the heart or vascular blood and um let's see should i have to, to do my schedules positive rejuve oh she yeah she feels positive and oh, rejuvenated yeah yes. i mean come on we can we can read this we can go read ahead, this they're ahead. saying good things about us we got to read oh. these so from beth birth uh birth first <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I listen daily to your show and just absolutely love it. You have the best and most positive show on the planet Earth. Wow. Holy moly. Uh, I listen to your show later in the day after you are live due to my schedule, and it is always positive and rejuvenating. Yeah, that's kind of cool, but don't you feel a little bit 
you tell me you're intimidated by that, that people will listen to us and, and you know. Uh, well, what gets me, I mean, I, thank you, Beth, for writing in. We already covered the Cardio Miracle thing. Uh, but, and like you said, we'll get uh, uh, John, John yeah. Hewlett on mm-hmm. uh, to talk about that in more in more depth. Um, yes. But it, 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 suffice it to say that it would appear that on this study that they did, they did the same thing like so many studies that we've covered over so many years where they will say, we have found a link to bananas that will cause people to have brain aneurysms. And it's like, well, yeah, but they'd have to eat like 300 bananas in one sitting. You know, it, it was well, so anyway. In that case example, they're probably putting bananas up your tailpipe. And that's yeah, not- right recommend that so anyway but but john will do a much better job of explaining that because he's he's looked into it extensively so uh what intimidates me is when somebody will write in and they say i get all my news only from you and it's just like uh, but it's no a- don't get their news only i mean appreciate you uh, yeah. very much but there's news elsewhere that we're not able to get to or that we don't cover that's important that you need to know no it's Hence, not Hence the reason here. why I I uh, just um, you wore myself wore myself out with that newsletter every day. In addition to what I was doing, I had to take a break. But yeah. uh, there's so much more. I wish you know I I wish I could find a more efficient way mm-hmm. to grab everything I see <laughs> that looks important and put it out there that didn't you know take so much time. Yeah. Um, because I, I mean, I do. I see stuff all the time. And like today, when we were talking about the tinnitus, mm-hmm. it was—I don't know—maybe it was like a month ago. As I was going through stuff, I—I I saw this thing. It was this breakthrough uh, treatment for tinnitus. Yeah. And for for the life of me, I can't—I can't like find it now. Um, there was one thing, and if uh, who was it that wrote in about the tinnitus? Mm-hmm. That was Dan. There is something I want you to check out. That's uh, called bimodal neuromodulation, and and I think as I was searching around while Robert was talking, I think this may have been what I came across: bimodal neuromodulation, and it's a process that uh, it's the technique that that yeah. is fairly recent. I think that may have been what I was reading about. To re- what remediate tinnitus? Yes. Okay. Very good. Um, so anyway. So yeah. So anyway, that that that's what it is that freaks me out when people are like, "I only get my news from you." It's just like, well, ah, that's Mar- so much responsibility. Marge in the chat room says uh, uh, she gets it from us and the Kate Daly show. Kate so Daly. Two, two shows. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. There's lots, well, lots going on out there. Lori Harvey, we missed you at our AMA on on uh, Monday evening from Mom's house. That was a great AMA. Really well attended. So many great questions, and and they. Who was it that pinned me down and wanting to know more details about how to use silver for infection? And I got into some some real detail there. It was a great question, Q&A back and forth. That was the UTI, UTI question. Mm-hmm. And uh, by the way, I mean, yeah. who was it that, that was – I got an email or I got a message from somebody who was like, ah, post the AMA. I need that UTI information. So it is posted now okay. uh, up on Patreon uh, along with the, the transcript from the chat room. See, that's the kind of thing that can happen 
in a monthly AMA over Zoom where we interact like that live and, and we spend the time, I get to spend the time, it was a couple hours. It went over two hours this time. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we do the giveaways as well, fun fun giveaways. And some of you guys and gals give stuff away, like Lorelei gives away like uh, sprouting kits and stuff To So I just love that. But to, to go in depth on the question on UTIs and other infections, I don't do that every day on the show. I, I, I couldn't do that. I mean, it's like it almost goes too far. But in our AMAs, so for those of you who are not part of our Patreon support group, for as little as five bucks a month, you'll have access to incredible things, really amazing things. So I would encourage you to do that. And you you don't have to be there live. As you can see, you can watch it later. It's all up there uh, accessible for you. So that was fun. So next month should be a Saturday if we can or orchestrate it. Or this month, we're already in March. I can't believe we're already here. I know, right? I feel like I wasn't home much in February. I would, you know, the goal in the gym was to get 900 pulse points in February. And I realized I would probably hard press to get even close to it because I was traveling so much. But because I at least found another nine round in, in Georgia, uh, I got close. 895 pulse points for the month. So I missed it by five with very few workouts. So I, I, I don't feel bad about that. Um, but as soon as we get the, the, the 500th workout pictures, maybe tomorrow I'll show you those. Uh, and that'll, that'll annoy super Don anyway, but that's what I got to do. This is what he got. <laughs> I've got uh, spirulina under my fingernail. Oh, did you dig out I, the, the little pellet thingies? I did. I yeah. did. Just Remember, energy bits, energybits.com, RSB 20, 20% off. Yeah. And, uh, my wife is shoveling snow now. Yeah, it's amazing. So amazing. I am, I'm officially checking these out now. I've got mm -hmm. some of the, uh, the energy bits and the recovery bits. Yeah. You got the chlorella and the spirulina. And the spirulina. So this is the spirulina and, um, yeah. So yeah, I'm going to be checking these out. You know, anything, anything that says it'll help give you energy. I am all for boy. Yeah. And yeah. I, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm a fan of the coffee, which I do sparingly. Yeah. Uh, I might do a cup maybe in the afternoon after my morning, but, um, you know, and I do the cardio miracle. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so I'm going to add this to things. I'm going to see how things go. Stay at home, mom, Leslie, she yes. wants to check them out too. And she said, um, she had, it was a great show today. She said, now, isn't there a, a new stay at home mom episode on the podcast? There is, there is. It got po uh, published yesterday. Mm -hmm. Um, and I will show you actually, you know, what you do is, is uh, those of you that are watching the show right now mm -hmm. on robertscottbell.com on that page, mm -hmm. uh, too many windows on the, on the listen page, on the listen page. Yeah. <clears throat> Stand by. What is it? I hate computers sometimes. Hold on. Was it Nikki that asked the question about the infections? So frustrating. Right, I think so. That's what that's what Leslie said. Yeah. I don't know. I just closed the window somehow. I. But what what is on that page? Our listen page. Well, I want to show people here. Hold on. We're in bonus okay. time. People can. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah. Okay, so I need to go to this thing here, and then that thing there, and then open that. And then I bring it up on the screen. There we go. Mm -hmm. All right. So if you scroll down, click on watch, listen. That's you where you go to. Code off. You could do it. I can. Where is it? It's in captions. Oh my gosh! Hold on. Oh, I see it. No, I don't usually go into the captions play thing. So here, I got it. There, there you go. Hey, you're good for something. 
<laughs> All right. So, <laughs> sorry, I'm frustrated. All right. So, can you see this now? Am I doing this yes. right? Yes. Yes. I don't know why I can't read. I suddenly went retarded here. <laughs> Ooh, I did say that. Yes. Yeah. All right. So if you scroll down, you'll see here it says podcast available on. Mm -hmm. And these are all the outlets that I know of at the moment that carry our podcast, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. And uh, so you can go to any one of these. Uh, but, you know, they're, they're Spreaker, Podchaser. You know, this is a big one, right? iTunes. Mm -hmm. Everybody's heard of iTunes. And there it is. Stay at home, mom. It's episode 12. Wow. And the title of it is From Graves to Gifts. And uh, this has to do with how to uh, deal with the traumatic loss of pregnancy or any traumatic loss. And she wow. has actually a guest on mm -hmm. uh, in this episode here with Jessica Jones. Wow. Um, yeah. Isn't Jessica Jones like a superhero from the Marvel? That, that is the same name. I don't think it's the same person. No. Okay. Yeah. No, I mean, it's a fictional character, but I, I didn't think it was a character. <laughs> yeah, it was a Marvel. I think a Marvel. It was a Marvel or DC? Marvel. I can't remember. I think it was Marvel, yeah. yeah. Oh, there it is. On That's on SoundCloud? That's on SoundCloud. Okay. Yep. Very we're, cool. We're, we're all over the place, man. Yep. Also, uh, we, missed, we missed Lori Harvey, who couldn't show up live, I think, to our AMA. She said COVID started in a Chapel Hill, North Carolina a lab. Uh, my husband heard the scientists talking at the vaccine manufacturing plant he used to work, a document area at. The scientists were looking uh, the paperwork and were shocked at what was being said in the media. No, and we've referenced that, that initially those gain-of-function studies were occurring at UNC Chapel Hill and then was exported to China. That's why, you know, for me, when somebody says it's all China, yeah, it, China too, but Look where it started, y'all. We gotta, we gotta be willing to look within and go. Yeah, we've got a lot of people that are compromised in um, amongst our own government, so to speak, our own agencies, etc. Uh, and much less the various bio labs around the world, including Ukraine. Uh, there's a lot of nobody's got clean hands up at that level. That's what we're saying here. And um, all right, what else we got? Yes. Did uh, Michael Bolden ever go back and listen to the bird talk and homeopathy and uh, uh, tumors, lipomas? I don't know. Uh, let's right. see. So, uh, I just Nikki had a follow up on the remedies for for uh, UTIs, homeopathic. I mentioned cantharis and, and taraxacum. There's more, uh, but yeah, safe for children. Of course, all homeopathy is safe for kids. So that's an easy thing. All right. So looking forward here. Uh, tomorrow we have got, uh, we should have Jonathan E. Mord in the first hour. Tomorrow's mm -hmm. Thursday. Okay. Wow. It's already Thursday. I've got and, some kind of interview, the inspired hour early in the morning tomorrow. But is that, yes. is that what I'm doing? The inspire summit? The inspired that, hour it's called. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's see if there's inf any info on this. Is this one that's uh, actually me or is just a group invite? Because I, sometimes I don't know what these groups are. Uh, this is the Inspired Hour hosted by the ladies of the Inspire Summit. Mm -hmm. It says this is optional is what it says on it. Yeah, because I just yeah. some some of them are personal invitations. I think you belong to the group and it's an optional thing that if you want to. Okay. And it ended up yeah. on the calendar somehow. Gotcha. And then we got 2, 2 p.m. Uh, let's see, our first hour, second hour. Second hour tomorrow would be Chelsea Hope. Yep. Looks like. On Thursday, and then um, right after the show, I've got to confirm this with Mike, but we'll have a pre-record uh, with him for a future show, which will be fun. We, we don't. So get he will be like day. jumping on, like right as the show ends. Right. Yeah. So okay. we're not going to say hello or something, but 
okay. we'll have we'll have a, a recording with him, which will be fun. And then it looks like Friday we got uh, Dr. Stephen Soloway, and then Russell Newman, and then Big Booty Bolden, <laughs> Michael Bolden on yeah. Friday. Very good. And then uh, Sunday I head out to Scottsdale and uh, Phoenix, and we have that event on. Um, well, five o'clock at the Giving Tree on Sunday on the fifth, and then on the sixth we've got the event. We had uh, Jack Wolfson on when I was broadcasting from Mom's place on Monday, talking about uh, that event that he's also co-hosting. And then there's another one I've got to figure out on the Tuesday because there's a luncheon event. How to broadcast simultaneous to the Emort event on Tuesday, so that's something I got to deal with soon. Um, then we have next week uh, Dr. Kirk Moore, who I mentioned couple of times when we first learned of uh, the federal government charging him with some kind of crimes of uh, disposing of government property. It was all about giving saline injections instead of COVID injections and the, the you know, whatever the controversy around that. And he's now doing public interviews. And so we're going to have him on next Thursday, it looks like. Excellent. All right. So I, th I think, you know, we covered almost everything, if not everything that you put out to cover today. It was one of those days where we actually were efficient and did well with the stories. And I know you always say they're optional, but they were good stories today to cover. Yeah, there's yeah. usually a pretty good mix of stuff that we, we've we got that we can talk about and a whole bunch of stuff that we aren't able to. And as I've said before, I'm going to try and get back on track with the, uh, the newsletter. Well, also, you know, the... Uh, you had you had said you can keep teasing like your son might be able to help us and is that not yeah the problem is he doesn't have a computer to work on like when i'm working and all that kind of stuff so he's oh. got to get something he can do on his own time you know mm -hmm. in addition to his thing so that'll probably be happening towards the end of the of the month okay uh, he just has to get set up and then gotcha. he's, he's ready he's going to help me out with some other stuff too so well because he's hanging out at your place a lot right uh he's close by let's just say you got control can, he lives can, with me. You know, well, so I didn't want to say it, but you know. Well, whatever. I don't care. It's not, not anything. Yeah, no. He he's he uh he is um it's kind of an interesting thing. I've I've read several articles where it's it's just kind of a thing where adult children are kind of living with their parents more than they used to. Because you know, when we grew up, mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know about what your personal experience, but for me, when when you know, we were growing up, it was almost like, you know, as soon as you turned 18, the, the parents, you know, yeah. get, bought you a set of luggage and kicked you out, out the door. You know, right. it's like, all right, go, mm -hmm. you know, jump out of the nest and fly. Mm -hmm. um, it's not like that as much anymore. And and so for well, me, it's it's I, I'm, I'm being a little bit mm -hmm. selfish, I guess. Okay. Because, uh, you know, all my kids are grown up. Yeah. And so it's like, I, I haven't pushed him. <laughs> Maybe part of that's on me because it's like, I like, I like having him here. You know, it's yeah, kind of like. I mean, it says a lot though that, you know, unlike in times past in the 20th century, primarily when you were kicking kids out that yeah. because of economics, partly I realize that, but you think about the destruction of the family unit. We, who did we have on last week or the last two weeks? We were talking a lot about that, that families used to, for the most part, stick together, work mm -hmm. in the same business, you know, and have this ability to care for one another. And this is where I talk about, I think I mentioned earlier about, you know, the whole idea that social security 
uh, it saved everybody. It's like, no, the destruction of the family led to the inevitability of having to rely on government to do that, which we would care for one another through charity and family, et cetera. Right. And so it was a whole different uh, perspective on, and, and intent, even though some people still believe, well, it was really designed to be benevolent and loving, right? You're loving and benevolent government, right? Not. Uh, so we're, we're finding out the limits of that as they destroy what you think is going to be yours. You know, my mom's 89. She's going to be able to get whatever she put paid in and hopefully more. But if you're, you know, Gen X and, and, and younger, if you think you're going to be drawn down on that when you retire, if you think you can retire, I think that's delusional. Right. You know, and then, of course, a big controversy comes when we talk politics. It's like, did you hear the Republican? He's going to end Social Security. I'm like, dude. You know, I saw an article the other day and yeah. it was I don't know who it was. Maybe it was Biden. So there was somebody said something and they were just like, boy, you know, the, when it comes to spending, the, the Republicans are going to uh, try and cut things. And it's kind of like, I listen, I'm not I'm not a mathematician. I'm not an accountant like Ty Bollinger or anything like that. So, you know, I, but, you know, I understand the basics about budgeting. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you have money that comes in and then you you money that goes out and you try and find a balance there somewhere where you can cover and pay what it is that you need to mm-hmm. and maybe have a little leftover, you know, that you can kind of do things with. All right. So I, I don't understand how it is you get people like Biden and it seems like the Democrat party in general, I know that's a stereotype. Not everybody's exactly the same, but they have a tendency. It seems to want to spend more than they bring in. <laughs> Just, it's just, and now that the Republicans haven't been guilty of this at, at times too, they do, they all do, right? You know, the government spends way more than it shouldn't. It borrows when it shouldn't. Uh, they've got themselves in a pickle right now. I mean, really, as far as the debt goes and the and, and the budget and all that kind of stuff like that. I mean, I don't see how we're ever going to be able to, to to pay the whole thing off. We're so far in over our heads. But you know, these these comments get the GOP is talking. They want to cut spending. It's like no. <laughs> No bleep, Sherlock. You know, it's like yeah. at some point, you know, if you're spending more than what you're bringing in, you've got to cut things back. You got to. And the problem, and correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. The problem that we've run into is that there has been so much spending that's been going on that it's mm-hmm. caused people to become dependent exactly. on these things. So now when you go to try and take it away, oh my gosh, holy cow, your people are falling over dead in the street because you took their 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 food away, you took their 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 money away, their their free housing away, their free insurance away. You gave you took all that stuff away. Well, you got to cut somewhere. Now I understand that there's a lot of places probably that there's a lot of wasteful spending that's going on right now. Uh, that they could cut from. But at some point, you know, all of these things, this free stuff that they're giving around to everybody, it, it, unless you just want to collapse, which it looks like we're headed that direction, you're going to have to cut some of that stuff back. Yeah. But then it turns into a big problem, right? Because once you give somebody something, yeah, uh, try and take it away. Well, it, you remember the, the, the pushback on Ron Paul was like, yeah, I'd like to eliminate every department and that's that was the unfortunate thing that ron paul mm-hmm. he was way too honest about things and it was it was like it wasn't practical no what but he was saying appealed, but he was appealed, right it appealed to people that know history that have an intellectual curiosity and capacity to understand the, the role of government according to the constitution 
But that was a small percentage relative to the larger percentage that just want free stuff, both Democrats and Republicans. And, you know, that's, uh, you know, what we're dealing with today. So if you actually talk about the insolvency of the system itself, they say you want to cut Social Security for old people and everybody else. And then people go apoplectic and then you don't get voted. It's just a mess. So you can't speak honestly for the most part. They don't ever want to cut the things that they should cut. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, could you leave Social Security alone? Of course you could. Are there other things they could be cutting in, in government? Yeah, but these are, they're, they're, they're just, they're like untouchable. You know, it's, it's very frustrating. I don't know where this is going to end. <laughs> We've talked about this before. Yeah. You know, how does this, how does this end? You know, I mean, uh, at what point do things become so top heavy that it can't stand anymore? Um, will it happen in our lifetime? I don't know. Yeah. It's unfortunate to sit there and think that our kids are going to be the ones that are going to have to deal with that, you know, mm-hmm. potentially or our grandkids. Yeah. Uh, but this is an un- unsustainable, go- go- you know, way of doing things that this government is doing. It's just at some point, something's got to give. It's just when. And I say it's a spiritual issue, even not a political issue, even though it plays itself out through the body politic. The idea of being mature spiritually is to know there ain't no such thing as a free lunch. And just like you said, you got to figure out the budget. You got stuff flowing in. You got things going out. You don't get to just print money out of thin air. You've got to find a way to either create more or live within whatever means you have at the moment. Be responsible and not throw the debt on somebody else. How how awful and wrong is that to throw the debt on kids aren't even born, much less your grandkids? Kick, kid. Kicking the can down the road for somebody else to worry about. Well, I call it spiritual immaturity, and it is a spiritual issue. Look at this. Uh, uh, Leslie says, my baby sister turned 40 years old today. Happy birthday to Tracy. All right. Happy birthday to Tracy. How in the heck do you have a baby sister that's 40 years old? Yeah, I mean, look at if what? you look, Leslie, <laughs> look like if she's not a day over 30, if that. Yeah. And you've got six girls. It's like, when did you ever have time to not be pregnant? I just, I'm just asking. Prolifically trying to repopulate the planet all on her own, uh, which we're grateful that you have because. So oh, people- she says she, well, look at that. Not, not, she's just she's, threw it out there. She says I'm 44. Hank Aaron's number. All right. So your baby sister's four years older than you or younger than you. Younger, okay. yeah. Gotcha. All right. Well, happy birthday, Tracy. She says you're amazing. Oh, her middle sister is 41. Okay. So there's oh, three yeah. three girls in the family, I guess. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, you like Big Booty Bolden there, Leslie? Big Booty Bolden. Okay. I think it's great. Great alliteration. I think it's an awesome one. I have to get talk with Sarah Beth about his booty, though, to be sure if we're not being exaggerated. Need to verify. Yeah. Yeah, well, I don't have to see it. I'm just saying. I asked oh, her. okay. Thank good, good disclaimer there. Good the, oh, don't send a picture in. <laughs> <laughs> Nancy be like, hey, d- uh, Robert. Whose booty is this? What, 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 what's going on here? So anyway, all right. Uh, on that note, <laughs> appreciate you guys tuning in. We will be back tomorrow. And um, you guys have yourself a great day. Well, real quick, I, before I know you're ready to sign off, but uh, Chris put an interesting comment in there about what we were talking about. My friend who's a surveyor for big bridge and road projects was just telling me last night that a lot of his coworkers miss the days of free money. I was shocked so many aren't ashamed to admit it and don't worry about productivity shortages and unavailability at any price. Yeah. Mm. 
well, again, this is the spiritual immaturity. It's like, hey, you think you can get something for free? I, I think you're missing something. Now, I'm not saying that people can't give of their own accord freely a gift to you, and you could say thank you. I'm not saying there's no such thing as a gift, but um, you know, when it's institutionalized through a government, it's not a gift. It's theft, ultimately. If it's theft actually from somebody's pocket or by turning whatever they have in their pocket into much less value by inflation, um, the tax of inflation. These are things that, again, are not, I don't think aligned with spiritual, you know, concepts of just weights and measures, for instance. Whether you want to go into politics and economics, I think it's all related. I've always tried to integrate my beliefs in, in, in creation itself uh, to all the things that are below it, beneath it, if you will, that humans co-create, if you will, that there are some semblance of those laws must apply there too. Um, so, well, Chris is just letting loose on, on comments now. I don't think I can keep up with that. Keynesianism. Yes. You bringing that into the mix. Well, Hey dude, good show. I'm glad to be back in studio. It feels good. Uh, be here all week. Yes. I think yes. And then doing some remotes Monday and Tuesday, perhaps of next week. Thank you. Thank you. I'll be here all week. And Leslie believes I am correct in my interpretation. Yay. Thank you, Leslie. Always nice to get confirmation from Leslie. I, yeah, I hate it when she says, Robert, you're so wrong. I mean, I can't, I can't believe how wrong you are. When she says that, I just, it's just not, mm. not you know. <laughs> Bolden may be calipigious. Calipigious? Oh, stop it. Yeah, I don't even know that word. You think I know Come on, words? Chris. We know you're smart. Come so on. We love him for your mind. What is it? You got to look that up now. Yes, Leslie, you do know a lot. Calypso. Even Robert doesn't know that one. I'm no, surprised. I, I'm just, I admit it. I don't know that word. That's a new <laughs> one for me. I guess with the word of the day comes first. Look it up and give us the definition. Yeah. We'll all be smarter or dumber, depending on what it means. I'll let other, everybody else can Google it. Okay. My brain is turned off. Calypigus? Calipagius. Calipagius? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> okay, anyway. Anything else, Mr. Bell? No, I'm just hanging out because I'm enjoying it. It's good to see you, my friend. Yes. Thank you, everybody, for being here. Thank you for sharing the show. If you're already a Patreon supporter, go check out the AMA from yesterday. or Yeah, no, Monday, two days ago. And enjoy. It was pretty intense. A lot of good stuff. And thank you all for participating in that way. And uh, for those that want to become patron supporters, you can go back and watch all those AMAs that we still have access to, which most of them are there. Mm -hmm. I think we lost a, a few early ones on, on because when we got banned on YouTube, they were on there. On YouTube. That was a couple of years ago now. Phew. Man. Nope. That still bites. It does. But that's okay. We're on Rumble now, so it's all good. Yeah. Rumble on down the road, and we'll see you at the events this Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday in Phoenix and Scottsdale. That's the plan. Okay. If not before. Until tomorrow. Right? See right. you later. Right, right, right. Bye. Bye. See ya. <laughs>